Good evening, listeners, and welcome to what is absolutely most definitely episode 63. Tonight, we are joined by the man who puts the pro into pro painted, <laughs> or at least the the anyway, into pro the pro painted <laughs> podcast. Uh, Mr. Rob Ellis is joining us um, for the whole episode, so that's going to be fantastic because it means you haven't just got to hear about space wars and corn models. Um, so we will go onto the hobby desk where we discuss Exodites and Star Wars and Space Wolves and more Star Wars and Nurgle. Nurgle. So lots of fun things um, to discuss there. And then into the Galaxy of War, where we talk about all the cool new stuff that's just been announced. Um, this is on pre-order and there's some box games to talk about as well. The Mortal Realms, we get ooh, a little bit luscious with the Slanesh release and chatting about that. Um, that's going to worry you, isn't it? You might want to skip that section. Into the community and we chat about our competition. We announce the winners of January and we've got some great shout outs as well. Uh, and then finally into the wilds where we've actually got an, a really interesting segment where we're not clearly just grabbing at ideas of things to talk about. Um, so we talk about Star Wars Legion uh, and also really the, the kind of other miniature games and why Games Workshop is is right there shining the light. Oh. It's splinting off all the gold in their coffers. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Oh, by the way, good evening, Ben. How are you? I'm, I'm just sitting as a spectator. <laughs> Okay, guys, you know what to do. Grab some refreshments and join us on the Hobby Desk. Hi guys, and uh, welcome to the Hobby Desk. And we're joined this week with um, by Rob Ellis from Pro Painted Podcast. Hi, Rob. Hi. How are you? We're very well. It's lovely to have you on, mate. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a. So it's, it seems like it's been a while since obviously we we spoke in the past. We we me and you both met at the open day. Was it last? It was. Year like before if, last, was it, it must be 2019 now. <laughs> I think it's known as the dark ages, isn't it? How? Yeah, like yeah the time yeah. when people met. Yeah, and, and, and socialised. Um, when they, I think it was the launch. It was the launch of um, Warcry. So yeah, no. 2019. That Christ, that was a long time ago. Um, but no, yeah, uh, all good. Yeah, nice to be on, and thanks for having me. Oh, you're, oh, you're very welcome, mate. Very welcome. Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to get you on. Um, so. Hobby desk in. I I've got to find out, Rob. What have you been doing? What what mad um, projects have you been been putting together? <laughs> well, I, I've um, as we sort of said before we started recording, it's, it's been a bit hard to, you know, I had been there was a sort of my my long, almost meme worthy uh, chaos army that I've been working on that Bell- the Bellacore conversion was a part of, um, yeah. and originally that was. Uh, the Seench kind of portion of that. I mean, I, I don't know if I've obviously people that have listened to the show have probably heard me talk about it, you know, till, the, till I'm blue in the face. But um, I've heard that there was, was bits about um, there was bits about that army in the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, 
Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Well, funny enough, that's kind of where the inspiration came from with the um, some of the older Realm of Chaos characters. But uh, yeah, so obviously that you know tournament shut down and everything with COVID, and it kind of meant that you know I always kind of worked or tried to work towards a deadline, and obviously that hadn't happened. So um, you know, over the summer, I had a bit of a downtime with the whole, but not downtime as far as I was feeling down, but as far as not much getting done and kind of thought I'd reinvigorate myself with trying to um I've always sort of had an idea for doing exodites um I've always loved Eldar and um you know especially when the lizard men uh, range got revamped you know a few years ago with the new carnosaur and stuff that was always mm. something that I had in mind so I thought I'd try and sort of kickstart my hobby mojo I bought into a lot of the, the ne- new necron stuff as well but they were more they're more for just a Get, you know, sadly get on the table and game with army rather than sort of any conversions and things like that but obviously that hasn't really materialised but um, we all yeah, need my, those kind of arms yeah just something to you know like the paint scheme the model the re, you know the model range is fantastic with um, you know, the void dragon and you know who knew a, a big winged model on a swirly base would would uh, be something that I'd like, you know. It just seems to be, it's like a bit of a GW trope now that, um, you know, especially with the flying fox with the lumineth and stuff like that, it just, they always seem to try and draw you back in with these awesome centerpieces. But yeah, I've been working on them, um, working on my Exodites. I've been uh, chopping up cold ones. Um, I don't know if you can see them on the, I'll show them on the thing, the little cold ones that I've been oh, repositioning yeah. Yeah, cool. and u- using using parts of the um, high elf I mean it's a bit of a standard conversion I don't know if you guys remember Mike McVeigh's original Exodite yeah. rider conversion with the chaplain on the bike yeah um, and there's that the, the bit where he's used the high elf um, dragon rider that I don't know what the, the actual name the technical name for a horse is head armour I think it's I can't remember it's some French name um using the dragon ride the, the dragon prince horses armored head bits yeah onto cold one bodies and stuff um yeah trying to source high elf dragon rider kits though now with them being out of production yeah yeah so had to bite the bullet and go on ebay and, and spend a bit of money on that but um managed to repurpose a lot of the the dragon rider um bits of the actual riders to make the riders for if you can see that that's pretty poor lighting but you can see oh, the yeah. pictures on my um on on twitter they're, they're a bit they're, the riders are a mashup of the jet bike riders um from the eldar guardian jet bike riders and the the cloaks from the corsair the old the old dark eldar corsair kit yeah and then the art some of the armor bits from the the dragon princes as well so they're coming along but then I, I bit off a bit more than i can chew i think with the um with the cold ones i've tried to make them pose a bit more dynamic but they the models they're from that part of time with games workshop and I, you guys you know know this probably know this all too well where the um because a lot of um warhammer fantasy models were obviously designed to be ranked yeah so it's almost like the top of the models are really highly detailed but underneath them aren't. <laughs> so if yeah. you like if you had like the old 
I've got a couple of the cold ones that I want sort of jumping, like in that kind of velociraptor kind of style. And there's a lot of area underneath the model that's just not sculpted because the way that mm. they did cavalry, GW did cavalry. If you look on, I think the silver helms were pretty bad Terrible. for it as well. And like the weavers <laughs> that you got with the island of, yeah, they, yeah, they just, there was just bits where they just went square at yeah. the bottom. So if you, you know, if you had like a 360 view of them, there were a lot of dead spaces, but obviously that was because they were designed to be ranked up and you'd never really yeah. see those see those areas but it came as a bit of a surprise so I've, I've been trying to sculpt come up with a, an easy and quick way to sculpt cold one skin so i made a few uh like little texture stamps and stuff from um milliput and green stuff to then stamp yeah. the green stuff as i as i sculpt it um which i thought was it's, it's kind, kind of works um but yeah that's kind of Exodites and Necrons. So I don't know if you if you do you guys read much or listen to much Black uh, Black Library. A little bit. At all. Yeah, I, I find I used to mock Dan for how much audio books he listened to um, rather than reading. But I've, I've started yeah. to listen a lot more than I because I just don't have time to read. Is the thing it, it comes up to a decision between no. reading and painting. I'm going to choose painting every time. Every time. Um, of course, yeah. And the good thing with audio books, you can you've got the best both. of both. Yeah. You can do, do them at the same time. You paint in, do them both. And there's that there's that Necron uh, audio book, uh, The Infinite and the Divine, about okay. um, it's just been released recently about um, Trez and the Infinite and um, Oric and the Diviner, and they're sort of mm. they're, they're they're quite their characters are quite uh, intertwined. But there's a section on it where. Um, Traz in the Infinite, obviously, he's the guy who collects all the different stuff. He's got the, yeah. he's got that supposedly a Primark in his collection and things. He actually raids um, an Exodite world in in the audiobook. So there's That's loads cool. of um, descriptions of of Eldar Exodites and um, things like that. So it was really handy. You know, the two armies that I was thinking of doing. You know, what the Necrons and the Exodites <laughs> to actually have an audiobook that was released that was very descriptive of both. You know. So yeah. wait a minute. So they my, my... they did a big flying dude, like on a swirling energy, and now they've done a book with both yeah. the armies you want to do in them. Are you like I an know. insider, dude? Are you influencing these things? Or what's going on? <laughs> well, is, I think it's the other way around. I mean, it's a bit of a long running joke. You know, on the podcast is throughout sort of my ten years of or or a bit more of being back into the hobby. A lot of the conversions that I've done have then games workshop have then released something similar so um i spent ages doing uh some uh jet bike conversions for for farseers and warlocks and things um chopping up uh, the old fine cast uh, warlock and farseer bodies and then two months later they released a really nice new farseer skyrunner kit um <laughs> i remember you'll appreciate this uh, ben um I did a load of, I, I wanted some Thunderwolf cavalry units in fifth edition and you could get third parties, party ones that people have made. But the only model obviously they made was the Canis Wolfborn yeah. on his Thunderwolf. I, I, remem- I remember buying like a, a pack of three of those and spent in still in metal at the time and getting the Dremel out and reposing them and coming up with all this unit of Thunderwolf cav. And then, yeah, three months later, they released Thunderwolf cavalry in plastic and... So yeah, it's, um, I've got a few friends that are like, you know, crack on with your exodites, and then all of a sudden you'll have a 
you know, Games Workshop <laughs> will release an Exodite army. I'm um, actually um, just so, yeah, working on Carnival Fawn at the moment. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's an, um, I, I love that model. I'll have to... Um, I'll have to I'll have to post a pic of uh, um, one of my old conversions that I did with him because you'd appreciate being a, a, a space wolf guy. So yeah, no, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny you should mention that, that uh, Dan, because that's uh, that is actually I think I'm bugged. Um, <laughs> they've got they've, they've probably got, so go, every time I go into the hobby room, I have to sort of have one of those little sweepy uh, <laughs> things to sort of and run it run it under the lamps and up on picture frames and stuff just to make sure I'm not being listened to. In yeah. in fairness, if they was, if they did release Exodites, it would be a long time coming. It is well, yeah, oh definitely about time because they've a, always been a fan favorite Exodites. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know it's um. It's strange that you know. Obviously, Eldar need a, you know, a new, um, an update. Especially a lot of the plastic. You know, obviously, we've seen Banshees and Chainsaw, and but you know, a lot of the other. You know, and obviously, we've got Plastic Dire Avengers. But you know, what I wouldn't give for, you know, a, a complete sort of craft world revamp. That would just be. That's it would be amazing the if they list. did the. Exodites before the craft world, the the salt. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, there was there was one thing, and I'll I'll, I'll finish it on the I'll finish this bit on this because I'm, I'm sort of, I don't want to rant too much, but um, there is one description in the in that audio book of um, like uh, like a brachiosaur type type of dinosaur uh, that is um, has got like prism cannons on its back and stuff. Um, okay. So my that's my next kind of project is to I'm, I'm going to try and sculpt pretty much a, a, a medium-sized brachiosaur from scratch. Um, so like a, uh, obviously, a, you, you, you utilise a lot of the Eldar bits for like the howder and the weaponry and all, all the things like that. But the main body itself, um, I was thinking of perhaps using one of the engines, the God kits, as a mm-hmm. sort of almost as a base, you know, you know almost <laughs> like cut off the legs and extend the legs and bring the body up. And yeah. then you know, then you've got a bit of more of a framework to work with. But I've been looking at a lot of um I've got some really good uh, sculpting, like clay sculpting kind of uh, books and stuff that I've bought in the past to help me with certain techniques. And uh, yeah, that was something that I'm. That's the next kind of big project. I'd probably go to army. a toy store. Yeah, but I'm. See, thing is, I'm weird. Like I, I won't even use third-party tufts on my bases like let alone <laughs> like any sort of it has to be and I, I know i'm constraining myself with the especially converting as much as i do but um it's, it's got to be i don't know i feel like going even just outside the box to you know places like spell crow or whatever the people that do the sort of third-party add-ons and stuff i just feel like it's a little bit cheating um and i, I just you know and I could go and buy a, a. I was actually, I'm actually going to buy one as a reference for sculpting, to sort of see where the yeah. the um, sort of folds in the skin go and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I won't actually use it. There's a there's a there's a few Exodite armies out there if you look on Pinterest or if you Google it, where people have just like stuck a wave ser- serpent on the back of a T-Rex toy, you know, and stuff like that. But uh, Amazing. yeah, it's. Uh, to be fair yeah, to you, yeah. uh, as we've already established, the Inquisition are listening to you. So, you know, yeah, you, yeah. you can't go <laughs> yeah, using yeah. three third party stuff because they might take no, you out. No. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I can, 
if you see a red dot on me at any point um, <laughs> on this Zoom call, then uh, let me know. And I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 kind of my that's been been my hobby. It's been it was a uh, it was nice uh, just you know, listening to that audio book because it also um, it humanized for want of a better word a lot of the Necron characters as well. Mm. Obviously, they always in the past be seen to be sort of these mindless automatons, and I know in sort of the most recent codexes they have tried to shift them more towards you know having some you know uh, you know the, the higher up lords and things have more of their conscious and they remember their past and stuff but it's really interesting to listen to that audio book to because i mean i don't again not to go on too much of a thing a tangent but necrons always seem to me to be the the most realistic 40k race because all their stuff is actually based on although it's like really high science fiction it's more they're, they're more of a science fiction race than a science fantasy race Mm. If that makes sense, so it, it's almost like you could you could imagine their technology working because it's all like wormholes and tachyon lasers and all this kind of stuff. Whereas, God loves you know, tachyon, amazing. Yeah, and, you know, rather than just pray, you know, r- rather than just praying to a to a bolt gun to make it work, you know, or diving into hell so, yeah. itself to move through the universe. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or being sentient fungus that makes you know the only reason their technology works is because they believe it to work. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not I'm not an old guy as you can probably tell. But yeah, that's been me. So that's probably the longest hobby desk bit thing that you we've that you've had from a guest. No, no do, it's great. It's... I do apologise when I get pr- passionate. I, I t- tend to go off on a bit of a. Don't apologise for passion about about miniatures to be honest it's nice because some um, mostly people just have to put up with me screaming about blood and red and gold and, and ben wearing on about things with beards <laughs> so you know that's ace well, I, I, I know love what, that. you you two well i've it, 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 it glimpse into my old 40k history i was once I, i've been both a uh world eater and a space wolf uh <laughs> player that's, so i can both sides of the go. two things coin <laughs> which is the best i'm just gonna click get um, ready on the the expel from zoom button well do you know what i this is going to be blasphemous to, to both of you but um at one when i got back into fifth uh years and years ago um the the chaos space marine book had gone from being quite powerful to not to that powerful so i actually ran a world eater list using the space wolf rules so, that's, that's like double heresy, love isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, don't get any ideas, cool miniatures, then. and then because <laughs> well, the, the fifth edition. I mean, you put you know the fifth the fifth edition Space Wolf book was. So I used to be quite competitive into my forty k, and it was quite a it was quite a, a potent book. So yeah, it was um, it was cool. It was cool. Good good times. Yeah, good time. <laughs> need new need new berserker models though. We need new berserker models and we need an Angron. Yeah. That's what we need. GW if you're listening. Yeah, come on. Have you, you started converting uh, berserkers yet? Because then you know we'll get them, won't we? Do you know what? I, do you know what? I, I um I, I did um a uh, a un- This is the other thing. This will crack, crack you up and this is I'll, I'll promise I'll be done after this, right? <laughs> this is perfectly summed it up. I did a unit of um they were a wolf guard on bikes 
but they I was using juggernaut models with um I'd converted up some Chaos Knights. I'd bought on bought some Chaos Knights. I'd got on the uh, Forge World. Do you remember Forge World did um like a for, like a berserker upgrade kit almost? Yeah, yeah. It was just the 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 body and the shoulders and the heads. So I'd, I'd bought some Chaos Knights, Fantasy Chaos Knights. I'd bought some um, Blood Crushers, so the 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 demon juggernauts. So with the uh, what they called the the lesser demons of Cordwain on the back of them. That's the one. And so I'd done this uh, sort of 40k unit of dudes riding on the back of juggernauts. Guess what they released a month later? <laughs> yes. The yes. Skull Crusher kit. The Skull Crusher. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. And l- luckily, I, I, the guy at GW, uh, my local town, was nice enough. I hadn't actually started chopping up the, um, the uh, Blood Letter crusher uh combination box and he, he let me refund them and i went and bought three boxes of uh skull crushers then and had a unit of eight of them with the lord and that, nice. was, that was great yeah they were good they were they were good to proxy as thunderwolf cabs they were good to, that's what that's what they were good to run as, as well <laughs> excellent i remember all of the third party bits yeah that's me done that's yeah do you remember the mr dandy ones yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've still got some of them somewhere. I never brought myself around to buying them. They're massive, though. They're huge compared to... Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of Canis Wolfborn, so... I can't give I can't give them away. Yeah. Size, yeah, yeah, they're big. So, Ben, what yes. I've done... So, yeah, I promise you I'm done. <laughs> it's fine, dude, it's fine. Ben, what have, um, what have you been doing? Does anyone wish to guess what Ben's been doing? Any guesses? No. No. There we go. Yeah, the name for horse armor, by the way, is Barding. Just Googled it. No, no, no. It's um it's it's no no, it's the the, the head. <laughs> Gonna be imparting it's some real she- knowledge on people. I wanna say like something like Chevron or something like that. Or because someone mentioned it when I was um uh, yeah, what are it called? Shanfron. Shanfron, C H A N. Shanfron, yeah. Oh, okay. Shanfron. Yep, that's the one. That's yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I've um I've been painting space wolves. <laughs> anyone anyone who guessed hey. doesn't get any points. <laughs> Nil point. Um did I when we recorded this last, I don't think I'd talked about um I don't think I'd done Ulrich the Slayer, had I? No. No, so yeah, the day after I record, we recorded last time, I did Oryx Slayer, which might be the favourite model I've ever painted. It, it was just wonderful to paint that. After so many years of looking at it and being worried that I would screw it up, to get stuck in and do a half decent job of it was just, it felt great, actually. Um, it was really. It looks. Um, I, was, I looked at the picture of it the other day. It's it's really, really, really well done, and it's um, it looks a lot realer, if that makes sense, than a lot of the stuff you'd sort of done previously. I don't know if that was intentional or that was just the lighting of the shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it looked like um, it looked more like a almost like a like an artist's 
painting off Ulrich the Slayer. Do you know what I mean? The way the, the way that you painted it, it looked really, it looked really, really good. Really yeah, nice. really, I'm really happy with him. I the the yellow on him just wasn't was an asshole. Basically, <laughs> I I really don't like painting yellow in medium areas. If you're painting a little blob of yellow, that's fine. If you're painting a whole space moon in yellow, that's fine. But that kind of like a yellow shoulder pad, especially if especially if you're yeah. working around details, I hate it. <laughs> I just hate it so much. But it turned he turned out. I'm really happy with how he turned out. I'm just chuffed to bits with him actually. Um, so I did him the day after, and then um, as a test model. Um, I got my. I got. I finished my all my grey hunters, which was like a huge kind of fanfare moment with party poppers and all that kind of stuff. Because <laughs> that's that's all of the infantry done for my for my space wolf company, which is uh, it's huge actually for me. Um, and I got the last sort of batch of my old marines space wolves out. So the the wolf guard terminators, wolf guard and power armor, um, a swift claw unit. And and that's it, yeah. And then um, they're on the table at the moment. So I airbrushed all their armour in exactly the same way as I airbrushed. I put the assault intercessors in there too, and I airbrushed all their armour in exactly the same way as I did my original intercessors, but I used the rust grey airbrush paint rather than the rust grey normal paint. And the colour difference was quite a lot, <laughs> really. Really? Yeah, so I think the only thing I did do slightly differently is I zenithed the Halfords Grey with Grey Seer before I sprayed it, and they were a lot brighter. So I got in a bit of a moment with um, because I painted up one of the Assault Intercessors to finish, because I always do that when I'm about to paint a batch that I've not painted before, just to see in my head how long it's going to take, what the stages will be, so... When I then start batch painting, I, I kind of know what I'm doing a bit easier. And um, yeah. he was a lot brighter than the old intercessors. So it took me a little while to get over that, actually. In, or rather, it took me a little while to convince myself I didn't have to go back and redo all the intercessors that I'd already done. <laughs> to try them or somehow make I them knew, I knew that was going through your head. Yeah. I was like, I, as soon as you sent me that, I was like... He's thinking about redoing all the stuff he's done already. I know yeah. he is. <laughs> like genuinely, the thought did cross my mind of sticking them all in paint stripper and doing them all again so they're all the same. But I've talked myself out of it. You'll be pleased to hear. Because <laughs> the intercessors weren't weren't too uh, one of my best units in the past. So yeah, so at the moment, that big batch is um mostly the way through base coating. So and the only base coat I need to do is red, and that's not including the faces. So red and, and like the stone for the, the terminator shoulder pads, and you know the crux terminators, but yeah, and the black, yeah, red, black, and the stone. And then I'll start putting in the shades and the washes, and then they'll be highlighting up. So they're they're a lot further along than I was hoping. I'd set aside fourteen weeks. I'd worked out for that batch. As individual units and I'm only two weeks in I got most of the base coating done so I'm sort of tentatively hopeful I'm going to knock a big block of my plan off a lot faster than I was oh, hoping cool. um, which is cool because I had hoped to get my space was done 
in a year, less than a year. And it, I don't know if you heard, Rob, in the last couple of episodes, I worked it out that it was probably going to take me 82 weeks. I was like, oh, God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to just catch up with my space horse. Um, but, yeah, I'm hoping it won't be that. And then, finally, I've painted um, Lucas the Trickster, which um, i got to be honest, I really struggled with. And I don't know why. Um I just didn't I just didn't get on with the model. You know when you're painting a model and you're like, I just don't I'm not getting on with it. You kind of Yeah. It's just something didn't click and there's nothing about it where I look at it and think I could have done better in the whole thing, because I suppose I slightly rushed it, because Lucas the Trickster isn't one of my favourite models, but he's cool to have in the army, so but I don't know what it is. There's no individual thing about it that I can put my finger and go, I don't, I don't like that. But is he the guy that if he dies, he captures you in like a stasis bomb? Yeah, his second heart's got a stasis stasis bomb. He places it. So yeah. Yeah. He's in some ways he's one of my favourite Space Wolf characters because he's so different from them all. Yeah. He adds a sort of wild card into them. So like for example, one of the little cool bits of background gag I find really exciting about him, like the changeling can't really disguise himself around him. He just knows that it's the changeling, <laughs> as if as if he's just got this sort of sixth sense about other people playing tricks. He just knows when it's happening. Right. So he's quite a cool character, but at the same time, I just didn't. From the moment I started painting, I thought this isn't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have an end product that i'm as happy with as is, he, is, is your mint is the, the model that you've got of him is he metal or fine cast he's metal and I, I have to say i don't really get on all massively well with metal models i find them harder to clean up than plastic models. much prefer plastic yeah. models so um, do you think that might have sort of just that just the whole process and the whole kind of mm. you know like ambiance as it were of, of the of the miniature itself kind of put you off him a little bit yeah you know, and, metal he, and he was one of the ones i had never been excited about so like yeah when i when i picked up Ulrich, i'd been looking at him for months and sort of had ideas about how i was going to approach things and had come to the decision i was going to mainly stick to the colors the box art colors but do things a little bit differently and now Stormcaller, i've always loved that model because he's he just feels like he's got a storm coming around him. The Ravens always yeah. cool. love the Raven. Um, but Lucas is just one that I bought because I buy all the Space Wolf characters. So yeah, he's been. He's, I got him, and and I don't know. I just sort of look at him and think. I was looking for a model to paint that weekend, and I thought, well, I'll do him. Fit him in. So for, it just I didn't have any. Yeah, more of a tick, sort of tick box exercise with him rather than a yeah sort yep, of passion absolutely. project, as it were. Yeah, but he's done. So yeah, it's nice to have him in the army. And the last thing I've done, which is I suppose worth not noting, is um, I used a guide done by Christian um, Christian's Painting Studio on Instagram for a lava sword, which I quite like the look of. I mean, he did, he'd done it on Stormcast and it looked really nice. So I thought I'd I'd have a go of putting that on one of my Wolfguard power swords. Yeah, I saw that. And, yeah. um, I was quite happy with that. Um, what I've done with him is is done. It, he's going to have a fire sword and an ice sword, and he's oh, back. Nice. 
his background is going to be that that he was a twin and they both got ascended to being space wolves and they were completely different personalities like one was really quiet and sort of icy cold and the other one was fiery and so when they sort of built their way up through the ranks they got given a, a fire sword and a, or an ice sword sort of to match their personalities because that's the sort of thing that the um the wolf priests would do and um and then when they were in a battle one of them died and the the one that survived got escalated to being a wolf guard and he now carries both of the swords but in the process of losing his twin he's kind of gone back to being the middle ground he's sort of no one really knows which one of the twins it is because oh that's awesome so but he carries both swords the, the twins called george and martin song of ice and fire george no. Martin, anyone? no no so oh, come on hang on <laughs> yeah it's so, so well, it's game of thrones isn't it song of ice and fire yeah no, very good. Yeah, yeah 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 got that yeah in retrospect that's no, yeah. Yeah. So, no good they've got they've got they've no, far too many fine. clothes it's... on to be in game of thrones yeah <laughs> they, they can space for berserkers <laughs> <laughs> oh there we are they're called wolfen aren't they yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they got the uh, kind of ob- ob- obligatory thigh plates, but that's about it. Wolf <laughs> and some shoulder pads. <laughs> no need for any other armor. Yeah, so that that's me. So it's it's mainly just sort of working my way through this batch, which is um, can start to. I think tomorrow I'm going to do. Um, oh, I can never remember. Arjax's oh, rock fist. So I've got most of his base coating done. Um, so I'll probably just sort of finish him off tomorrow. He's a model that as I really haven't got on with because he was, I bought him maybe the first couple of weeks of fine cast came out. So the miscasting on this has included, um, there was not much left of the gem above his head. His nose didn't exist. His hammer had a hole in so big that I had to rebuild the entire hammer handle um there isn't a single wolf tooth on here that didn't need some green stuff to fill a hole in uh the the pincers he's got like forging pincers they needed a complete re-sculpt um so did two or three of the dangling like stone tablet things and one thing that i found this today when i was doing the gold is the thing on his bottom on his thigh here it's missing a bunch of the details, so I can't. I don't even know if I can be asked to go back and sculpt that in. So I basically re-sculpted most of the detail on it, <laughs> and I'm just tired of looking at it now. Like, because I mean, I just spot. I just spotted that the anvil on his head's got a whopping great hole in it. So I, it's one of those models where every time I look at it, I find something that needs fixing. It's such um, a shame because he's he's cool. He's awesome. Idea of him. He is awesome, but yeah. And the model is awesome. It's just, oh, if it was in plastic, it would be perfect. Is my feeling about him. <laughs> but hopefully I can make him look half decent tomorrow. And people won't notice where I've sculpted. <laughs> Fill the gaps in. <laughs> so how about you, Mr. Jolly? Um... Playing the game that you're not playing. 
I have had a bit of an eclectic couple of weeks. So not long after we recorded uh, the last episode, I finished up my unit of five Blight Kings. Um, so for the Age of Sigma sort of Taylor gamers, a group of us are doing Bristol. So um, we've got Blight Kings. Sorry, we've got Maggotkin and Nurgle. We've got uh, Stormcast. We've got um, Dispossessed. Um, we've got an Ideneth. And we've got, oh, yeah, uh, Slaves to Darkness being done. What's, so, what's um, the hobby goal each week for that, or month? Month, month. So the first month was just a battle line and a character. So right. I did the Lord of Plagues and five Blight Kings. Um, so, yeah, got them finished up. Quite enjoyed doing those, painting quite differently to how I normally do. They're quite dirty with lots of sort of enamel washes and stuff on. Um, but then I've gone with quite uh, vibrant bases. Um, so it looks like like life is like bursting into life around them and like little nerglings are dancing in the flowers and stuff on their bases and then it's all just going to rot away. Um, so yeah, I quite enjoyed doing that. Um, and this month I'm doing uh, another five to make the unit up to 10 and a Lord of Afflictions, which is the, the guy on the fly with the trident. Um, although as I spot on Twitter, I'm convinced that the little dude is actually the Lord of Affli- Lord of Afflictions. Because there's like a little nurgling on a little tiny fly. It's brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Uh, it's, really, it's really funny. Um, so somebody really ought to do a, a a nurgle army where they're all based on the right bases, but like the little nurgling lord of afflictions is lord of afflictions, and different ones for the blight kings, and they all on the right bases. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, so yeah, I I finished up that, and then I was waiting for um further start collecting to arrive um so while i was waiting for that to arrive uh i painted some or i started painting a unit of commando rebellion commandos from star wars legion which i'm not collecting at all uh obviously apart from them and uh the unit of death troopers that accidentally ended up in my cart (laughs) along with uh what is his name? Some Krennic, he's called. Um, so yeah, I'm I have to be honest, they grow on me every day, every day. Because to start with, I was very dismissive of the models. Um, but actually, I'm quite enjoying their simplicity in a way as well. Um, mm. and I am deliberately choosing to go for speed, um, to try and get them done because I'm not getting a lot of time to paint at the moment. So there, I'm going with like um, um, desert desert theme. So yeah. uh, I was, which which kind of one of the things that unlocked it a bit for me was I found online some STLs um, for some of the models, but but desert themed. So like the big laser cannon for the rebellion, and also the the laser man, man portable laser for the stormtroopers the crew are done up in like their snow gear and yet like the commandos are done in like desert slash um 
Yavin type yeah. Endor type gear. And then someone else is done in desert gear. And I'm like, this isn't going to make an army. But then I found that you could get the STLs and, and print out the the crew, but with like desert get up on. So that's quite <laughs> exciting. So they, 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 I got them. Um, so yeah, I'm working on them um, at the moment, doing camouflage on their cloaks. I've never done camouflage. So that's new. It's kind of, I'm of two minds as to whether it looks like camouflage or just it's like a mess. But um, if, if I'm far enough away from the table, I can't see them because they blend in to the terrain. So that's fine. Uh, I figure that that's a done deal. So they're, they're on the way. Um, and I have been um, 3D printing things. So Marcus wanted some little snake guys done that he found so i did them um they were unsub they didn't come supported they were unsupported stl so i had to spend a bit of time putting in the supports and stuff for them which was new because i hadn't done that before and then i've had a go i've printed some um hang on where are i i'll put some pic I, well i've already put pictures up but i've i've printed some of the the evaporator things from the original films yeah from awesome. Yeah, so I printed three of those, but this has been this was, yeah, uh, my kind of click and go excitement of the 3D printer has suffered doing these. This was the third print to get these because I tried them lying down and they ended up wonky, um, which you don't want from your evaporator. Then I tried them on the build plate and it all built up around the base and they broke. So in the end, I spent a pr I actually tried to do it properly and I hollowed them out um, so that all the resin could drain out properly, lifted them and angled them slightly. So put in some heavy supports underneath and, and I got them to come out real nice and saved that file for the future. But what I've noticed is the, um, the resin printer is really nice for the for sort of the miniatures. So I've been using it. Uh, so for like the Warmaster um, and for the that sort of stuff it's really good but for anything bigger it's almost it's just it takes so much time and effort to try and get all the supports right etc mm -hmm. and faff around with it so um that's just made me want the fd the filament type printer even more now um for build for doing this terrain because there's some wonderful stuff for terrain out there for that um the loot, but, the loot um, studios thing I'm signed up for. Um, they did a chicken house on legs. Yeah, and uh, it says in there that it's the it's designed to be done on a resin printer, but there's a whole blurb in it about how they've broken it into lots of little pieces and how it could warp and disfigure, and how it definitely wasn't a project for the faint-hearted. You had to know <laughs> what you were doing because it was just going to take ages to sort out. Um, but they thought they'd do it anyway because it was cool. So I did wonder whether or not you were going to read that little blurb and go, hmm, can I be bothered or not? Or is this going to be too much? So. I think it's like everything, isn't it, in the hobby? There's so many cool bits. There's only so much time in the day. So it's just tough to try and work out if what's got, worthwhile. If you've got to spend a couple of hours putting supports in to do that, I don't think that, that file, for example, has supports just to make the print work. I guess the trouble is as well, tough, when you're it? inexperienced with it, 
you don't necessarily know that it's going to work. So like yeah. with those evaporators, the print time on those, the lying down print time was three hours. And when I stood them up, it was five over five hours. So which isn't, it's not a big deal in a way because I print them overnight anyway. So it doesn't matter. But you are, it's not like printing a piece of paper where you're going to find out pretty quick whether you've marked it up or not. Um, but that's fine. You know, it's all experimenting. Uh, I've also finished off the bases. For some reason, I got my, probably because I got distracted, but I, I got my Black Knights and my Bats from my Warmaster army painted, but I never did the bases. So I did all the bases on them and I did a bit more carried on with i've got two units of whites which i i did a bit more to um mm. but then got uh distracted surprise surprise by painting um painting the nurgle and rift stalkers doesn't it luke skywalker i've painted some rift stalkers yeah but I, i've talked about that before i've got a big box of those to do which i haven't started yet i did <laughs> open the box and look at the sprues um they look cool they're still on the spruce but <laughs> i get to them i was hoping to do a unit of them in for some reason i thought i'd get a unit of them done in january i don't know why i thought that um must have been must have been a bit mad but yeah it's it's really quite cool because last year um cast thy minds back um it was all about corn certainly for the first half of the year six months i was just no, like the right whole, the whole year it was i did that land raider in the f yeah. and then i did 40 odd cultists and yeah. then it was on to like a massive batch of demons and it was just red and gold red and gold red and gold whereas now i'm just like right i'm gonna paint this so, right now i'm painting nurgle now i'm painting stuff from star wars now i'm painting Warmaster, printing some scenery it's good it is i i good. really did not want to get into this game and it's your fault benjamin no actually it's chris's fault i was gonna say can't blame me rather than chris it is mostly chris's fault but also it's your logic your gilliman logic of like ah, oh, i've got a character so he's got to have a bodyguard yeah well, and then true. but then it went well i've got a character he's got a bodyguard they've got to have some protagonists so i'll yeah. get them and then then you're halfway then i started watching the films again and basically the moment the writing scrolls up and it goes dun, 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 you just go order order <laughs> order <laughs> buying that <laughs> so, <laughs> and i i read the rules and i like the rules um the fantasy flight sometimes a bit heavy on the old counters and cards yeah. and stuff so we'll see how that goes but um i do like the rules so it's quite cool because I don't know if you if you've looked at them at all, either of you, but they 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 center around the squad leader. So like you do his movement and you see how he's affected by terrain and what he can see when he's shooting and stuff. Um and then the you unit talk about this in the into the world section. Maybe, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cut. Not just me that rants. Then this is, this is good, <laughs> no, good no, to see. No, no, no. That's <laughs> why they. See. That's why I get left to the end, Rob, because <laughs> you know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sorry for those that I have put my information in the wrong section. Next time, I'll just bring some shit about space wolves to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, you are quite right. Well, 
Oh, my yard jack's got too many holes in it. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for more about Star Wars Legion, join us into the wilds. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of my David Bellamy oh, again for Marcus. Yeah. In that case, then, <laughs> shall, we, shall we move forth into the galaxy of war? Let's do it. Let's. Now, is it is it a galaxy long time ago, far, far away? No. No. Okay. Probably not that galaxy. <laughs> Wrong galaxy. Oh, wrong galaxy. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome <laughs> to the Galaxy of War. A very grim and dark place um, that it is. So, a few things have gone up on pre order since we yeah. last spoke. Uh, mostly yeah. power armored things and a very cool Necron. We were talking yeah. about when, when did we see that preview? Do you remember, Rob? But ben and I weren't sure. It was a little while ago, uh, wasn't it? Chronomancer was, I'm pretty sure it was, it would have been around the uh, October, maybe. We saw it quite a while ago. Yeah. I think it was the same time that they um, showed the, was it the same reveal that they did the Spirit of the Mountains and stuff for the Luminous? It was like the second wave of the Luminous stuff, maybe. I'm not sure. Mm. They, they've done so many, which is great, but yeah, yeah. it has been a, has been a, bit of a while ago i've lost track of all of the necron characters now i'm gonna have to i, I did get the, get the codex because i've i've got s- enough of the sort of basic inventory in that that um from the the two indomitus boxes that i figured i may as well have the codex in case i ever wanted to blow it up into an army um but I, i'm gonna have to get out and read it because i kind of lost track chromomancers pyromancers something mancers necromancers Psychomancer. <laughs> the um, there's there's the one the one model I like. Is, I think he's called a psychomancer. It's the one with, who's got like the digitized face. Yeah, that's the one. Of him. Yeah, um, that's the one on pre-order. Just how that, week, yeah. yeah, and uh, just how that as you as you turn it, it's like the uh, it's like uh, the old uh, the Channel Four idents. So yeah. it, it will spin, and then the face will just appear. Because yeah. sort of as uh, all the different blocks with different uh, sort of views of perspective and stuff. Is that um, like what yeah, you did with really the cool. Chaos Star on Bellacor's base? Yeah, on Bellacor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to. I, I've been <laughs> thinking of. Um, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah, again, yeah. again. I remember listening to you describing again. how you were going to do that and thinking, "What? <laughs> that sounds amazing." <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's sort of almost you have to sort of say to people, right? Hold your head at this angle. You know, you can kind of, you know, if, if you know to look for it, you can see it there. But um, yeah, I just like, I just like when GW are a bit more, you know, obviously with the new technology and everything, and how it allows for sort of more creativity and dynamic, dynamic, dynamically posed models and stuff. But when they do little things like that, I think that's really clever. Um, but yeah, I, I, the new Necron ranges. I mean, they've just gone. Uh, hopefully, Eldar get the same sort of treatment as the Necrons did because I really, really do like the new Necron range. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the Monolith. Oh, it's so good. I love it. 
I love yeah. it. And especially yeah. because the monolith, like I, when the monolith came out <clears throat> first, it was obviously such a massive kit. And at the time it came out, it was like, whoa, that is amazing. Um, and then everybody tried to build it and it was an absolute pain in the flipping arse. I had so many of them I just got angry with um, when I was building those. But anyway, but then when they've done the new one, it, I think I feel like it's had a similar kind of wow factor because it's much bigger again, isn't it? And obviously, yeah, it, it, yeah. I just, it's, just, it's, it's like the, the little touches, like the little energy beams, where, where, whereas obviously in the old one, you had the little sort of perspex door. Um, yes. But now they've got, they've actually got a, a Necron kind of emerging of an yeah. energy field around them and stuff. I just, little touches like that are, are, are brilliant. I love them. Even the terrain is just superb. Like the, that terrain yeah. piece that they've got is really nice. Yeah. Convergence of Dominion, I think it's called. Is it, yeah, is that good. the thing really that sucks like the warp away or something and everybody just feels really down? Um, I'm sure that's what they're yeah. Do, what they're doing. That's the, isn't that the that's the Boris Johnson weekly coronavirus update that he does on a Friday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, lockdown for another two weeks. All the, <laughs> the energy is just sucked out of the fucking nation. So what you're saying is Sorry. the entire Necron army is actually a weaponized version of Boris Johnson. <laughs> I love it. Oh Christ! Can you? Uh, that's that's a conversion for another day, isn't it? No, it is, no. Yeah. so um (laughs) that's brilliant i'm I'm happy with that so also um dark angels if you're looking to do a chaos army you can uh you got them um the cover um, art on that is it's something else yeah they really really irritate me the dark angels because i flipping love them (laughs) like i love that their their color scheme is awesome and they're they're kind of the knights and the winged helmets and oh, i just love all of that they are just a bunch of dicks though aren't they really like in the background i will say i will say i mean when you say about knights i think um the the blade guard veterans look the best done up as in that death wing colorway Ooh. i think for, i think of all the colorways i've seen the blade guard veterans done in um, done as dark angels in that in the sort of light bone armor i think they look, they look lovely i like it's, the black black, it's a toss-up between that and black templars yeah i love yeah. them as black templars yeah. as well but yeah they do it's actually it's not even the dark Angels. it's just the lion i just don't like the lion just an idiot but anyway that was he is a challenging character to like isn't he yeah he is. in, in in the horus heresy novel hmm in the, yeah. in the in the in Lehman Russ Primark one, like I'd actually sort of grown to like him a little bit, cost yeah. a novel. And then in the in the last bit where he sucker punches um Lehman Russ in the Empress Palace after the Siege of Terror and stabs him through the gut. Um and Lehman Russ is just standing there unarmored, absolutely devastated because his dad's been and he wasn't there. And the lion took that opportunity Spoiler, to stab. Spoilers. Yeah. I was like... Ben does that all the time. Isn't it? 
Well, if you don't know that the emperor gets like smashed up in the siege of terror, then frankly, <laughs> you're you're listening yeah. to the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Or so, more importantly, um, you do now. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, on that topic is a sort of tidy segue. I've I listened to uh, Master of Mankind this last fortnight, which was a which is a very good read or listen book. Yeah. Even though, to, also, and this, I know it's gonna, Dan's gonna jump in and say, but I even had to have Dan explain what one of the reveals was because I didn't know what it was. So, called. Master of Mankind is um, basically the war in the webway beneath the palace. So, once Magnus, again, spoilers, once Magnus smashes a hole in through the webway and all hell breaks loose, literally, and all the demons are like flooding into all the man made bits under the palace, it's all set around there but right. so one of the do you mind knowing by the way because no no, no it's, it. I mean, it's a bit late now anyway i've started with that but um one of the core the key sort of things through it is there's this it, it opens with like a flashback to the first ever murder of one human you oh, know, right. one human uh, and that the creation of the demon from that first murder uh, and the and it oh, follows like the, the demon of the first murder through the warp and 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 it's coalesc- and all the rest of it is brilliant. It's really good. And then and then like fast forward to the forty first millennium. Definite spoiler alert now. If you don't yeah. want to know the yeah. spoiler, yeah. So fast forward, and on. then and there's this and and it's following this demon and it's like super powerful and it's like smashing shit up. And then you find out that the demon is um is is called the end of empires it's like sort of it's like chanting it like end of empires end of empires and and it's like whoa like there's this massive demon coming to find the emperor and it's called the end of empires but then you um one of the custodies dreadnoughts um is saying like i can feel it's like demonic name and it's saying it and it's going drakean Drakean, Drakean, which is the sword that friggin' Abaddon has. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. Ben's like, yeah, what's Drakean? That's awesome. So straight, so so then, and what's cool about that is it takes it from Gilliman, sword of Emperor Gilliman, versus Abaddon, who you're thinking, well, well, no, because Abaddon's just, you know, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's really good, but he's yeah. not a Primarch. But now he's got the sword uh, of the end of empires, which is the demon that even the emperor was yeah. like, huh? although he did, he did knob it. Well, he didn't, though. He didn't kill it. He couldn't kill it. He traps it in a custodies and then sends the custodies off. So that's another awesome story to be told about how that ended up being in the demon so yeah it's 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 very just uh that we've just completely spoiled but oh yeah that's the main main (laughs) bit there's oh there's some lovely moments in there you don't need to listen to that book because it's it's done there's a bit where um that the this um mechanicum construct thing has set up this idea that all of the mechanicum units are going to try and make for mars and it describes it going a little <laughs> bit wrong. Well, yeah, look, we said yeah, that's like the, the, we have utterly ruined this book now. Yes, yeah. but <laughs> there's this great bit where this all these this Skitari Legion, like flipping loads of them, rock up to where they're supposed to be going, and they find that the the webway sort of just 
disappears into mist. And so he sends forward one of like the Doomstrider things and it goes into the mist and then stops communicating, just disappears completely. They're like, huh, that's strange. So he sends through another one, disappears completely. That's strange. And then he's like, well, the imperative is that I've got to go this way. So then the whole lot of them march in and then it just says, and they're all reduced to their component atoms as they march straight into the warp for a broken part of the webway. And they're just like, dun, dun, nice. dun, dun. yeah, it's great. Yeah. So anyway, uh, don't need to buy that. Master, Master of Mankind, the abridged version featuring <laughs> yeah. Dan Jolly. Yeah. We've just managed to cover off the three big spoilers. And <laughs> yeah. I've, um, I've, Alongside that, I've been reading or listening to the the uh, the June novels, and I'm getting a bit crossed over actually because it's it's so clear where a lot of the influences for the Emperor and Imperium came from from June. But um, and I've never listened to or read before the other five novels. I've only ever listened. I only ever read June, like the original June, when I was in I was in secondary school, and. Um, the Master of Mankind bit where it's describing their descent to the Infinity Gate and how the journey has been designed. So anyone who walks that journey gets to the end and understands the whole purpose of it by the kind of murals on the wall and the tapestries and the paintings and the, the architecture is all kind of keyed in so that when you get there, you understand what the Emperor's plan is. I loved that in The Master of Mankind. And I was reading the, or listening to the June book where it talks about this Betty Jesuit goes to see Paul Atreides, who's the emperor, and he makes her walk the length of his palace, which is about the size of London. And um, he, by the time she's got to him, she's just reduced to like, if it wasn't her and she's like the head of the Betty Jesuit order, she'd have been reduced to just a, a complete shell because she'd been exhausted and the clever architecture in the throne room is designed so that it gets slightly smaller to, towards the end and it's about like a mile long the throne room so that the, the emperor looks bigger and bigger and bigger the closer you get to it so it, he looks like he's far bigger than he actually is i really love that kind of writing and it and Densky Baron did a fantastic job of doing that in master of mankind like those subtleties in the way the palace was designed to make you know, make everyone who was traveling that journey um, sort of come to that, a very specific conclusion. It's awesome. I um, think, um, uh, oh, sorry, go on, Dan. No, no, you, you go. I was going to say that that was one thing that um, Ian uh, on our on our podcast, Ian Gilmore, he, he read it, um, collected, well, has been collecting all the sort of Horus Heresy stuff, and he's a avid reader of the novels and the books and things. And I um, I feel a bit guilty that I haven't really given them the time to be honest. I've read a couple of them, um, but it always seems that there's you kind of have this preconceived sort of idea of what they're going to be about. And you know, if you've been in the hobby long enough, you know, forty k to me always seemed so kind of far in the future and so separated from you know what we consider to even be like science fiction, you know, and from what I can gather, a lot of these Horus Heresy books really do sort of link, you know, the that the universe to 
sort of to a bit more realism, like you're saying about yeah. flashing back to the first murder, and you know, there's you know, I think um, I'm probably not giving them giving GW or the the not GW necessarily, but just the the law as fair a shake as I perhaps should do by by not reading these books. You know, I think there's mm. a lot there's a lot more, and you know, as we said before about you know narrative um, informing. You know, my modeling hob you know my projects and things like that and really you know using books and and stuff for reference points for doing things I'm probably actually missing out on quite a bit I know there's a lot of um there's just a lot of really good stuff in those books and yeah, you've got to be careful though because I listened to that book and I was on the verge of doing a whole blood angel army and there's only one blood angel in it <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those though that unfortunately like it's quite especially now it's really daunting if you decide to come yeah. back to it now like i um so picking I, your first batman comic <laughs> yeah when i <laughs> i started reading them when they started coming out and then i got to a point and i i couldn't keep up or whatever and then i've looked to go back a few times and in the end i've just ended up like listening to the odd one here or there because it's just it's just massive now um but yeah. i definitely think for yeah. it the game the horace heresy game is made for people like yourself who really want to create the story um because yeah you know you are essentially going to pay twice as much if not more for the same models but more story-ish <laughs> that's yeah, how it yeah, works yeah, yeah, you yeah. know yeah like i could yeah. have a land raider in plastic or I could buy this hunk of resin because that's the one they had. Like, and I'm really like, I'm a bit of a, a bit of a toff with my heresy. And I'm like, no, I'm not having any of those plastic rhinos. Get them out of my sight. I'll only yeah. accept Demios pattern. And <laughs> you know, I spent ages like hacking apart a, a land raider, one of the resin land raider, armored Proteus to make a Phobos Land Raider, but in the style of the Heresy time. Um, right. Yeah, it, it's great, man. It is good. Um, but, like, I mean, like any series of books with different authors, there's some not great ones. <laughs> and there's some really good ones. Isn't there a, a lot of some of the stuff that ties into... Isn't Doesn't Eldred make an appearance in a few of them and... There's a lot of sort of stuff with with that as well, which I, I find like the pre forty k, like not just you know the marines, but the you know wasn't there the that massive orc that almost killed the emperor and Horus put it down and just, yeah you know I don't know if I'm right in that saying yeah. that, but the just seeing sort of other races and what they were up to at the time and well, how yeah. they interact, just just the whole sort of whole there universe. Isn't as I guess much. there isn't. I mean, I've not read by any means. I haven't read them all. There isn't as much with all the other races, um, for obvious reasons, with it being the heresy. But yeah, Eldrad, Eldrad turns. I love all of that stuff. All that stuff that links, and that's all in there for for those you know people like us, I suppose, where we've just known it for ages, and it's great to see those little spoilers coming in. In um, yeah. book five in Fulgrim really emotive really emotive it's really clever um like the fall of the emperor's children and aldrad's in that and yeah it's just it's very good to the point where the first time i read it 
I got to the end and I was just really angry and I was like, I hate this book. I hate this. And then like a bit later, it sort of dawned on me that that was kind of the point. And, uh, and I've since listened yeah. to it again and I'm like, yeah, you just, you just want to, you want to scream at them. And like, no, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, I want, I want for, uh, that's one thing I want. I can't wait for as well is uh, the full on Empress children sort of, treatment that hopefully they get you know a similar style oh yeah treatment that the death guard got you know because a plastic fulgrim demon fulgrim <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah and then yeah. just stick sigismund on top of uh not sigismund top, not sigismund sigfold on top of marathi and you're not far off yeah yeah close Need an extra set of arms thing well, funny you should say that. I've, I, you know, I, we'll talk about it in the um Yeah, careful. You don't want to mix up your segments because he'll kick off no. again. <laughs> we don't want any of that. You'll notice also that I won't drop this. This will be a theme now for the next 10 or so episodes. Me going, going. We do, have, um, <laughs> we do have one that I seem to talk about before we move on to the next one, which is the, the new box games coming out. They've, they've announced little little kind of box game collections. Um, where for 40k we've got the new uh, Space Moon Adventure, Doomsday Countdown, and the Fire Team game, um, which have always been quite popular. And it doesn't doesn't say anything in the article about them just being America only, which the first couple were, which was disappointing. But um, I really liked um, Space Moon Adventures. I played it a couple yeah. of times. It's good. This one, the models is the the Space Moon models are the the three intercessors that you used to get, like the intercessor sprue with the sergeant, the guy with the all specs. Oh, um, is it? Yeah. Oh. But the cultists are the ones from Blackstone, the Blackstone Fortress expansion. Um, oh, right. So that's quite cool that they've got of home again. Is that, really... is that the Space Marine Adventures one, is it? Yeah, that's the Space Marine oh, Adventures that's one. Because cool, in the... In the... I don't know about the second one where it was the Terminators versus the Orcs, but in the original, the Necrons versus the Marines, the Necrons aren't models, they're just counters. Oh, right. It's just the Space Marines are models. Yeah, you get um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them, seven cultists and three Marines. And then the um, the other one, the, the fire team, looks like a... Or cross between kill team and underworlds in a way, and that you get the ten necrons and um, ten necron warriors and the five intercessors, so uh, assault intercessors. So I'm guessing you get basically one of the warrior sprues and one of the assault intercessor sprues from the Indomitus box. In that, hard to predict what what the gameplay is going to be like, but they're nice little kind of ways into the into the universe, aren't they? Yeah, well, that's and that's what it. I think it even says that at some points. Best of all, if your friends love, well, it'll only be a short hop, skip, and jump into the wonderful worlds of Warhammer. Yeah. So yeah, it is good do. though. Like I, 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 we've said this loads of times, but like from our time of working in Games Workshop, one of the things we always cried out for more of was stuff entry from points the studio. Yeah. To uh, help introduce people because for a long well for the whole time we were uh working for them all you had was the box set the starter box set that was it 
Oh, and White Dwarf, don't forget the. Oh, and White Dwarf, tr- yeah. Trusty White Dwarf. Yes, if you if you don't, you know, if you if you don't want to spend a hundred and fifty pounds, I'll have four pound fifty, please. Yeah, that's my average sale out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it's great. It is great to see this um, a range of stuff. Yeah, coolios. Right. Well, before uh, I or Rob get in trouble for talking about things that aren't appropriate to the section. We will move. Um, we will move to the mortal realms. Hi, guys! So we are back for the mortal realms. Everyone's got a mouthful of drink at the moment. That's <laughs> just me leading us in. Um, so we've had a load of cool stuff, I think, come out for the Mortal Realms, model-wise, in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to start with my favourite, which is the new Savage Orc or Bone Crusher, Bone Splitter, War Band for, for Underworlds. Uh, yeah, he does look cool. Oh, and, and in a, one model, I now have a whole new section to my... Um, destruction army that needs painting. <laughs> can't just have a wall band. It's going to need at least like fifty cows. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's so really excited. good, and it looks like there's going to be a shaman next. I think. Yeah, but he's just one of the boys as well. I thought he might be the, the like the boss character, but he's not. He says it's one of one of the boys. What so, the shaman or the one with the that you're talking about? Though? The one that I'm talking about. So yeah, there, yeah. Might, there might yeah. even be a. A boss leader, unless the shaman's the leader. So oh, that's exciting. I do love Underworld's war bands. They are they're such an awesome thing for for AOS that I, I really am very surprised that they haven't done something similar for for forty k. Like really yeah. surprised. Just little kind of model packs with like a unique unit for each army, and just rotate their way through them. I just don't understand why they're not doing it because it, it's it is the highlight of, of of the release schedules for me. On so many occasions, it's been it's been the Underworld's Warbands. They're absolutely bloody brilliant. Yeah. They really I think are. it's um, a really good it's a really good way for Games Workshop to sort of hint and give us a glimpse into potential. Yeah, you know, if, if someone you know, obviously I know that they they design their miniatures first and they come up with these cool ideas, but like the Kenothi in in on in uh, Beast Grave, the yeah. Wood Elf type fawn dudes, and um and in um in Warcry, you know, having just like the odd Chaos Dwarf, yeah, or the odd Chaos Elf, even, yeah, you know, yeah. in one of the war bands, yeah. just gives them that opportunity to you know they could they could do a if they had a, you know, a, a 40k uh, analog to it, then you, know, you could look at things like HUD, or it could be a, you know, an opportunity to do a, a you know, a unique Vespid character for yeah, a tower yeah. warband, yeah. you know, and stuff yeah. like that, you know, and for designers to get almost for the designers to get their eye in on a to see you know, how well something. It's almost like you can always put it out there and see how well it's received. Yeah, as well. absolutely. You yeah. Think, okay, well. We, you know, we, if the Kanothi are re- really well received, we could potentially pull the trigger on on that, or 
and you know you've only got to look at the response that like you said of especially the the grave lords that they did that they revealed a couple of weeks back i mean that's just been the talk of the town isn't it that along with cursed city mm. um and that's just got everyone i mean i'm oh if it you know as and when they when they release the, the new vampire stuff and we saw the um not to get too ahead of ourselves but the what's the name of the the guard the, the skeletons there's like a Oh, something watch or like the uh, the new skeletons that they re- they revealed oh, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the Curse City this week. Yeah, um, they harken back to the the, the sepulchral stalker. Yes, the sepulchral guard. Yeah, and you know, put you know, people were thinking, oh, is that is that going to be a tomb king thing, or is that going to be a? But no, it's this is what that is. You know, that's a similar sort of. Mm. Design the same design mistake. Bolfen what? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. In in time those little bits come together, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So the sepulchral guard, the Olfen watch. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's sowing that seed and you know it's great. I mean, and again a 40k, you know, that's what I thought we were gonna get with Blackstone. Um mm. you know, was was that and I know that he did it they did a couple of expansion things. You had the the chaos, is it like a chaos commissar almost like a dem? Like yeah, a, yeah. Is it the yeah chaos commissar with a with ogre. a chaos ogre? Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Another thing, you can't. Can you not? No, that's 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 my biggest problem with black Blackstone is that once they eventually take Blackstone off the shelves, you can't get any of the add-on packs other than the um, the most recent at the moment and. That all of those models will be gone, but the Underworld's warbands, because they're designed for, they they've got rules to use in Age of Sigma as well as in Underworlds. They're in all of the army ranges, so they've got a lifespan past the game itself. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It gives them such a chance, an opportunity to do the the odd and the whimsical that you you don't get so much of a chance to do. I I feel with Age of Sigma. That it's closer to Warhammer Fantasy Battles roots than 40k is to Rogue Traders roots in some ways because we're starting to see all of those weird, odd individual models that you got in the early ranges of both of those things. You know, there were so many different weird characters that they weren't just Space Marines or Necrons. You know, there was even within like the guys in Power Armor, they weren't all Space Marines. There was like a weird guy in the first power armor set that looked like he was in a spacesuit, And who was that guy? What what part of the Imperium is that? And if they release war bands, like uh, Underworlds is a really great mechanism for them to do that, where they're looking at that weird and wonderful stuff that you used to get in the earlier stuff. And now it's a perfect chance for them to do it at 40K. Like I went absolutely mental when they released um, the, oh, what's he called? The big guy, the sort of ah uh, oh, the, the 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 centaur like thing. Oh, what's he called? The uh, oh, my brain's gone completely blank. Gorgon? No, for forty k in black. The zoat. The zoat. The zoat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a minute. Exactly. Just a minute. Just a minute. In case it has not escaped anybody's notice, what are you talking about now in the mortal realms? Forty yeah, k. Yeah, yeah, but when they release that, 
It's just now. What? Come what back. is going on? This is just like the Ben Show. Do what I like. I should when, talk about this. When, when they released that, it was the same sort of thing as Underworlds for me. It was you looking yeah. at those things around the edges. They, they should. They should have done. I mean, the, the stuff they released for Kill Team Rogue Trader and the stuff that he did for Blackstone Fortress should have been that window into mm. those more, the more obscure things you know that that uh, seeing the is it like that road trader miniature where she's reloading a revolver and it's a little servo skulls dropping the the round into yeah. it yeah, just like some of the miniatures that he released for that are just so cool and you can just do these one off things where you know again it just it, it's just a it, it take it's like a it's almost like a you know you're taking the, the the gauging the response of the community around these things and it just it, it makes sense from so many different angles from just an uh, an opportunity for designers to explore different design space you know it's a nostalgia hit but it's also quite a good marketing tool for them as a company to actually yeah. put feelers out there and like you said you just I, I know we're we're you know we're in a time where you know perhaps companies need to be a bit more frugal with how they, you know, sort of distribute their their sort of finances and stuff, and what what projects they do and what they don't. Obviously, given what we're yeah. going through, and, but at the same time, it just makes sense because it's more of a you you know going back to what you guys said about you know working in games workshop. How would how many more sales would you have done, not just on the product itself, but on as a more of a link to bigger things if you had things like um, uh, Underworlds and Blackstone, when you guys were working in Games Workshop, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, Absolutely. You know, having those, it's just more, it's just other revenue streams, isn't it? And it just, it ticks so many boxes as far as what we would want as hobbyists. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's just bonkers that they haven't really sort of explored more of that, really. And it's a price point for... But, anyway, vampires. Yeah, it's a, it's a, st- yeah, it's, a yeah, it's another yeah. entry point below a start collecting box to the point where I'd almost have like the Age of Sigma shelf and then all of those underworld war bands next to it so that people can come in and go, oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And it's only like 18 quid and you've got yourself a yeah. handful of models and oh, I just, I love them. They are a highlight for me in so many ways. And the last couple of weeks just, just showcase it. I mean, we've, We've just had the, the up for pre-order the new um, the Chaos Warband, um, Z- Zrog's Marauders or something. The the Chaos Warriors one with the two sisters in it, um, which are also in that uh, in one of the new box games. So one of the box games coming out is called um, Bladeborn, which looks like a bit of a cross between Underworlds and. Um, and uh, Warcry, and that's got the old, old kind the of untamed beasts, untamed beasts in, and it's also got the new um, Kragras Ravages, Kragras Ravages in it. So, um, and then those coming out again just reminds me of how they're awesome. The the Bone Split is awesome. The Vampires are awesome. The Lizardmen are awesome. I'm just it's overwhelming awesome. All coming just from Underworld's models. <laughs> and then you just, and then you throw in the new, the cursed city, and like you said, those skeletons. Oh my! Well, one of the things I love about those <laughs> is that they they actually they for the first time I think 
look at the way their armor is on them. It looks like it's just like sat down. onto the yeah. on, down on the bones because obviously it's it's far yeah. too big for just a skeleton. And I think that that is just brilliant, really really cool. Um, and it's going back to what we were saying, or what I was saying in b- between the segments, like lots of. I say lots, but, you know, the internet is always, always uh, you see all the negative stuff, but you still see comments about loss loss of the grimdark factor, I suppose. And then you, you read you read things like, like this captain, and it says uh, he joined uh, the treacherous purge of Ulfenkarn's nobility. This did not go down well with his fellow officers, who bound him hand and foot, threw him in a sewer pit to be eaten by corpse rats. His skeleton was then raised as a death rattle officer to lead the Olfen Watch, although he is now little more than a rotting automaton. Well, that's rather jolly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's... It's, yeah. like a, it's, it's like a Disney movie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it is, practically. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think... Uh, I think the move, um, you know, with uh, GW, not to go off too, too much of a tangent, but for them to distinguish um, AOS as its own kind of property away from the old world. Um, speaking of which, quickly before we move away from the old world, have you seen the trailer for the new trailer for Total War 3 with the Ice Queen versus the Bloodthirster? That's yeah. amazing. Um, but for them to do that, you know, they've had to push it into a bit more sort of high fantasy and. I think something like uh, you know, the Cursed City just brings a frame of reference in regards to you know everyday life within the mortal realms, as opposed to these yeah. just talking about the realms, you know, in their totality, as it were. Um, you know, it grounds it a little bit more, and, and having and going back to those kind of stories, you know, the little sidebars where it just explains little things like that, just helps so much. And the, the pro- what people forget is that. AOS has only had what five years of this, whereas Warhammer previously had thirty-five years of mm. you know, history and world building before they blew it all up in the end times. So I think just you know giving giving it a bit of a chance to actually develop its own kind of identity, um, but having these little sort of add-ons and box games and things really do help with that sort of stuff because it just starts having different which opens different doors within the world for you to look through and experience different things i guess what war cry is the stories the best that go thing, along with it war cry is the best thing to happen to chaos since the uh the original two chaos books yeah as far as i'm concerned and maybe the storm of chaos is an interim but background wise those two those two original chaos books are on my shelf and i can never remember the name of them the Realm of Chaos. But Lost and the Damned is one of and them. Slaves to Darkness. My two most cherished bits of uh, literature, those two books, they're, I think mm. they're absolutely fun. There's one to, 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 this, from The Lost and the Damned, which was the Nurgle and Zeech book, uh, the second one of the two, one with the Nurgle followers on the cover. There's a, there's a one-page story, I think it might be two pages or one page, about a, a gardener. Do you remember that story about mm. his son that he kept down a well? Yeah, and it, was, it was it was it was told from the son's point of view. 
as the sun descended into becoming a chaos spawn. Um, and it's, it's probably one of the most sort of evocative bits. I, I used to love those books. I used to love the whole warband system in in uh, in in Warhammer, and that's what got me into conversions because you know yeah. doing all the all the different stuff and you know the White Dwarfs at the time with all the you know the studios of war bands they've done and you know i i, I don't know why I, I think i should like war crime more than i actually do because of sort of that but um i just haven't had the time to kind of get into it. i think it's because i just not had the opportunity to play it i think if i was to play it i'd probably it's um sort of getting a bit more excited about it but it's great fun to play but it, it's like we we i think we have this conversation every episode it so much of it is so good to play <laughs> uh and there is only so much time um you know i think the the, the weight of war cry in age of sigma for me is all of those different incarnations of chaos we we've broken out of this idea that you could look at a warband and very clearly look at it and go oh that's that's slanesh that's nurgle that's Sinch, and that's corn some of those could be either or both, or you know, all four, or two, or one of them. You know, you don't know because because it's not all immediately obvious, and that just for me that makes chaos so much more interesting. Like looking at how the the mortal cults that would be dotted around the mortal realms would appear to you know on the day to day streets, because some of those guys could walk through the streets of a city and you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what was going on underneath. I mean, the guys who who peel their faces off and then attach them to their belts, I think you'd have a fairly good <laughs> idea that there was something dodgy going on there. But, <laughs> but um, you know, some of the others perhaps not. And uh, yeah, I think they're great. I think they're really, really good. And I think it's a it's a solid kind of path. Age of Sigma. Um, so, um, what, what? Oh, sorry, go on, Dan. No, that's all right. I was going to say, what, everyone excited about the uh, imminent release of, of, of the dark god of, of excess and all his cronies? That is exactly what I was going to ask you. <laughs> 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 what you thought of uh, of that? Because, um, yes, I, I tell you what, though, uh, this might not be the case for yourself and Ben, but like... I love the new miniatures and I, and I love the idea of collecting them, but I'm not, I do, I do enjoy painting now more than I ever have really, but it isn't collecting is my main thing, having collections of stuff. So it's definitely a means to an end rather than a pure enjoyment in itself. So whenever I'm painting, I'm always thinking about what's the next thing, what's the next thing, what's the next thing, rather than getting involved in that thing. And so when I saw that flipping great dude like the xerxes look-alike guy i'm like yeah. i'd love to have that on the shelf but i wouldn't even know where to start i'm like oh my god and the thought of how long and how many hours of investment it would take to paint that i'm just like, oh damn it but it is so lovely i love them i do love them but they're a lot of detail they're a, I, I feel anyway that they're a painter's army um to look at them yeah i think um one thing or a couple of things is i think because of the the different um how how many different textures there are in the models a lot of cloth there's obviously a lot of skin 
Um, it's a lot of armor. I think they probably lend themselves quite well to contrast. Mm. Um, obviously, cause they're quite a vivid army as well. So I think that you know that might be a you know way to go for um, for for some collectors that just like you said, just want to sort of get them on the table or get them in the display cases and just have them as part of their collection. I mean, I I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but I, I was very I was wondering for some time, you know, where they'd go with the design aesthetic with Slanesh, you know, when the when the new sort of stuff was announced, and obviously, you know, we know what the old design aesthetic was, and it probably doesn't lend itself very much to the type of demographic that GW, you know, really want to sort of try and target because you know us guys that are as, as Ben alluded to earlier that are perhaps on the verge of suffering midlife crises, um, you know, we're going to buy the stuff anyway. You know, um, it's it's all about the newer customers, and you know, certainly the older Slanesh aesthetic probably didn't lend itself too well to be you know, a little know, going in there. With, you know. I I think we have moved away from. I think they've embraced some of the earlier aesthetic a lot more. Like, they there was a, a period where, and we did talk about this in the last episode or the one before. There was a period where they didn't seem to have that sinister, more physicality about them that the earlier Slanesh stuff did have. There's, I, I think that some of the warriors now look just—they just look, they look brutal. They look like they could yeah. do damage to you. They look terrifying. Whereas the demonettes are terrifying, but in a different way. But they've now kind of added a more physicality into it, and I, I really like that shift in aesthetic. It does remind me more of the Slaves to Darkness artwork, where you've got like a guy with massive plates made with spikes and a honking great mace. And he's got like the, the yeah, leopard pelt fur. And there, there was always that kind of real physical element to them that I think drifted away more towards the, the hedonism sort of aesthetic. And now we're, now we've we're, come back in with the mortals. And I think what's cool in the army is that you've got that kind of lithe serpentine almost look with the demons and then you've got that real, like, physical, solid look from the the mortal units is coming through. Yeah. I quite like that, actually. I really like that. So, you know, because at the end of the day, you can't win a fight without having an ability to fight. That's the bottom line. No, you, true. In, in, yeah, you, yeah. You either look graceful like a witch elf, where you know that that's going to do damage, or you, <laughs> or you look like you're going to clout someone's head off with a stick. Which, which is what the new, true. The new so I, I yeah. really like it. I really like the shift, and I, and I do feel like it's gone. It's almost like they've got the, the Slave to Darkness book open and gone. Oh, let's do that model and that. You know, because it just feels like that to me. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that it was it was also um, there's obviously, as Dan said, there's all there's obviously like a almost like a three hundred kind of. Um, Persian influence, you know, with with the clothing, especially of the the sort of the marauder style, yeah, you know, the the more basic archers and things. Um, and I like, I really do like the idea of you know excess, not just being um, you know sexu- you know sexualized, but it's mm. you know like gluttony and and greed and things like that, and you know having a having a guy who. You know, they've got a tentacle there hanging out, holding a little hanky that he's obviously used to wipe his mouth from whatever his little chaos halfling, by the way, on the on the little altar. You know, he's there serving him up his grub. 
I just, you know, that sort of shift to, you know, to, to, to explore different aspects of excess as well, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I, I really do like the range. Um, and I think, I mean, Sigvald, the model itself is a triumph. Um, you know, there's a part of my Slanesh army, um, obviously going back to the, to the AOS army that I was doing each of the, there was going to be Archeon and then there was going to be a, a, a corn contingent as each contingent and Nurgle contingent and a Slanesh contingent, each of which were going to have a greater demon, but that greater demon, um, was going to be a conversion of one of the old realms of chaos, um, heroes for that god so the 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 zinch one is it's going to be used as kairos but it's egrim van horseman on his two-headed chaos dragon um, yeah the corn one is going to be the corn one is going to be a conversion of arbor the undefeated the corn champion riding oh. big flesh hound um the nurgle one is going to be uh Valnir the reaper which is the big hooded guy kind of like a you know, almost a, a, a Warhammer version of Mortarian in a way. Um, <laughs> but he's going to be, he's, he's in the fluff. He had, he had this big throne that he used to sit on and he was sort of almost a, a demon prince-esque thing. So I've, I've got a Mortarian that I'm going to convert to be sat on the Magerath throne. There's like a big palanquin um, yeah. to be carried into battle. But the, the Slanesh one is going to be T'Challa, the denied one. Which is the old yeah. um, high elf princess with the six arms, with the snake body. Um, so I'm going to. I was thinking of and this is the other thing. I'm going to u- probably use the lower part of Marathi to do that, um, and the upper body of uh, Keeper of Secrets. And I was thinking of. Um, there's not a lot of artwork for her, but her top half is quite heavily armored, and she's probably going to be a little bit bigger than Sigvald, the new Sigvald model. There's a lot of armor elements on stuff like the exalted steeds and stuff on the new models. Mm, mm. Um, so there's a lot of design cues that I could perhaps sculpt the armor from scratch onto that miniature. But I know as soon as I do 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 that miniature, they'll release Fulgrim. <laughs> I think I could have. U- Damn it! I could have used armor parts from. You know, there's probably going to be a lot more opportunity to use bits off of a Fulgrim miniature for her. Um, but yeah, no, I I really like the idea of a you know Slanesh Mortals range, and I, I was always a hope in the back of my head that you know that's why we didn't get them when they redid the Slanesh range last year or the year before was because they were holding back for a separate Mortals of Slanesh range. Yeah, and there was no clues to kind of there's no clues out there to suggest that that's what they were going to do. It was just a sort of a hope of mine, and thank you know luckily it's been realized and you know they're, they're better than i could possibly imagine the only bad thing is they're going to probably release vampires soon as well and i'm going to want to do them and uh, i want a full-blown vampire army um but yeah we'll, we'll see i think what's we'll really um really awesome uh right now is that like i'm really excited there's so much great stuff going on with the fantasy stuff um but like for the old world and for mortal realms and, and actually the fact that they're developing the old world game and you've got total war. And I've just started um, 
tinkering around with the uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battle 4th edition roleplay as well. So you've got mm. all this awesome for the Warhammer world and even more awesome that can be explored even more uh, for the Mortal Realms. I think there's there's absolutely, there's so much space for both. I love it. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there is. And it's it's always worth remembering that, for example, the um, Saves to Darkness books, those those are background for Age of Sigma too. You know that's always worth remembering. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's such there's such. Um, I mean, like I said, using doing the uh, you know using those uh, characters as inspiration for these new conversions. That was always something. There's bits in them. Um, obviously, you guys have read the End Times books, sort of cover to cover of you. Do you know you? No, I little, I, little mentions I of a lot of these characters. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of meant you know, there's uh, there's a lot of sort of Easter eggs and hints, and again, it just it's a, there's so much for them to draw upon. I just I just think it's all awesome. Um, so I, I want to get you know, um, I want to get excited about the hobby again. You know? I want to go and yeah. do all these cool armies. Talking about getting excited about the hobby, should we move on to the community section and have a look at some incredible hobby? Sounds good to me. Yeah, that's... Hail, glorious community! Thank you for getting all the way to here. Um, clearly, because you're listening to Rob and, and generally tuning out Ben um, and uh, enjoying me as well, I expect. But uh, there we are. <laughs> so uh, it is shout out time. Woo! Before we move on to, I've completely forgotten today that this is, we don't actually record the video elements or we don't put them up because I've done stupid faces i've been swinging around terry's chocolate orange we've been enjoying rob's dinosaurs but no one's gonna see it it's just us special for us um we all have to get good backgrounds and uh, and start doing youtube recordings yeah yeah I, I i've got a few that i keep playing around with i've got one at the moment which is like a ye olde worldy town that i use when i'm doing the zoom of the warhammer fantasy okay um that's cool. But anyway, <laughs> we, what, where was I even going with that? Oh, we were talking about shout outs. Yeah. So shout outs. Um, ben, ready. you always you always like a bit of shouting out. But here we go. Okay. Look. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No one, no one can see the background, Dan. <laughs> no, I know. But I can, I'm happy now because I'm like, I'm now back in uh, <laughs> Uber's right. I think. More yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. Go on then, shouting out. <laughs> so, um, the first one I'd like to shout out is um, it's actually quite in keeping with what we've just been discussing, which is demons um, or, or chaos. Um, it's a chap called Gravehammer on Instagram, um, and the, the account is Grave.Hammer, and he's done. He's been doing a, a monochrome um, sort of demon army with with pink accent and. 
he's got some really cool YouTube videos on how he's done that, that um, uh, free to access and superb. And I love the look of the army. And he's, he's done Blue Horrors. He's done um, the floating discs and um, all sorts of stuff for the army. And then the flamers look absolutely superb in the colour scheme. But what I like is like even the complicated models in the in the monochrome with that just that pink accent just look they just look fantastic. Um, and of course, it's not the only thing on his account. There's there's Blood Angels. Um, thank you, darling. There's Blood Angels on there too. Um, there's um, scenery. There's um, Necrons. There's all sorts on there, and um, it's a uh, it's a kind of a grimdark account, I suppose. It's fantastic. Love it. He does his, um, his I'm um, trying to find them, Sylvaneth, in a very similar colour scheme, sort of fairly monochrome, but with bright blue weapons. Works great, too. Across, so, fantastic account, that one. You guys had a chance to bring him up? I really like the base that he's done on the Nurgle guy, the sort of luminescent, lum, 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 luminous green. <laughs> Struggle to get that one. I out. couldn't get that out then. <laughs> yeah. No, it's great. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm going through some of his um going through some of his night haunt stuff as well that he's got on there, which obviously again the, the paint style really lends itself well to. Yeah. Um that kind of haunted, kind of uh, you know, muted scheme with, with sort of glowing accents. There's actually a really cool conversion that he's done from Saint Celestine as well. Yeah. Uh there's like a, a vampire kind of looking girl and yeah, some really, really cool stuff. And I think he's, um, you know, he's done it. He, he's, he's obviously knows what he's doing, but you know, there's not, he's chosen a lot of armies and um, miniatures that lend. Sometimes you can see that kind of painting style just done to armies just randomly yeah. where I think with him, it's the models suit the aesthetic as well as, the paint job, if that makes sense, he's chosen quite, you know, like with the night horn and demons, you'd imagine them looking like that anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it looks, looks really the good. Chariot it's really is good. Really, the, the black coach standing is really nice with the, with yes. the horses yeah. from the endless spell, I think. And then, yeah, yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And he's mixed in um, the, the three Banshee ladies. And uh, the the jailer and the corpse cut to make yeah it's fab isn't it? Oh, his really necrons. Good. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, I think I originally <laughs> picked him up because because of the necrons. To be honest, mm. Mm. yeah, superb. Right, so he he's um, he's a great little one. Um, the next one is Anfarius, also on Instagram. So uh, basically, Alfarius but with an N. I f- absolutely just am in awe of this guy's sculpting. I can't really get over how good his sculpting is. Um, the first picked up on him when he did the sculpt of um, uh, the Dark Angel chapter master, um, Asriel, um, for... Yeah. For a Primaris scale, and it was well, just perfect. 
I don't think there's another word to use to describe it. Uh, it's absolutely superb. Um, uh, and then he went ahead and, and topped it with the best Chaos Lord conversion I've ever seen, frankly. It's, it's just incredible. Um, based on uh, Abaddon. And it's, it's full of so much energy. He must have completely changed every single part of Abaddon to put together that pose. Um, it, it may as well be a different model. It, it's superb. And uh, one of his mates has painted that up and put them with his rather splendid-looking corn um, uh, terminators. Um, and the guy's painted it. It's called Paint Spill Curse. And he's done a fab job. And if you want to see, we want to see it finished and painted, you can go and see that chap too. Um, and he's now currently working on something which I, I desperately wish he was doing for me, because he's sculpting um, Ulrich the Slayer, and it's just oh, so good. <laughs> There's a Primaris, so he's got the he's put the helmet on on him, and he's he's re-sculpted his belt onto a Primaris. Yeah. It's just. Amazing, absolutely amazing. I like his um, Primaris yeah. Seth. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, there's one um, one model that he's done. It's the um, he sort of brought into into present day is uh, the Inquisitor in Terminator armor with the bionic leg. Oh yeah, yeah. Which was one of my favourite sort of characters from back in the day but he looks he looks fab as well he's done a, a modern day recreation of that yeah so yeah no it's all no really got a really clean green stuff work really precise um yeah really that's good. the thing i can't get over actually rob is is how clean it is i mean i don't do i'm yeah. i don't do a lot of sculpting but i, I do a fair bit enough to know that getting like the belt on Ulrich the Slayer that he's done with all the kind of the, the stepped wings and then the rim on the belt and the, yeah. the little kind of loop. It looks like it's been done on a computer and the teeth. And it, I'm just looking at it thinking, yeah. how have you managed to get it that smooth? How is there no debris at all? There's no, it, it's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can, I can sort of think about how it's done in some ways. There is a possibility that he's done each individual wing, smoothed it out perfectly, cleaned it up, let it dry, and then done the next bit, and then the next bit, and then the next bit. But that would take you, yeah, that would take you a, like a fortnight to do <laughs> to do that one little bit of detail. So I can't believe that it's yeah, it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's it's actually a lot of. Um... There's quite a few sort of step by step bits that he's done on on Ulrich. Um, and there's a couple of videos, so it does it does that. It's, it's actually quite good because I don't know if you guys uh, feel the same way, but um, you know, having you know, I'm and I'm a bit of a bugger for it because you know, but you know, having someone go like ta-da, this is what I've done. It's the completely finished model, whereas actually showing a bit more sort of step-by-step step on how they've done it. Again, lends itself, going back to what we said about, you know, how learning a technique from someone rather than just seeing the finished product yeah, just gives you that confidence in being able to go out there and do it yourself. So, yeah, seeing 
seeing what's on the sort of done in stages like that does kind of think well because if you took something like that and tried to or as you know if you took something like that and tried to sculpt it all from scratch you know with all the green stuff all in one yeah. go you'd never you'd never do it and and you know it's the same with you're know, doing the the, the carnosaur for the expedite stuff you know it was a case of doing one section leaving it to cure coming back to it the next day doing another section yeah but that's when you have different you know you have different if you have two or three kind of things that you're doing at the same time then it's it's okay because there's one thing's yeah. curing you can yeah. switch and, and rotate it through so um but no he's yeah that's that's some of the this green stuff work i've seen outside of gw studio stuff yeah definitely yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. That corn that corn corn lord as well is something else. Really good. So going from from um from him on to an account which I I wanted to share because if I could get my elves to look like this, I'd be a very happy man because it's kind of how in my head the painting style is is very much how I'm envisaging I'll eventually get try and do my high elf army. The account is called Make Elves Great Again, which is awesome. <laughs> and, um, I think th there's just a few standouts on here. So he's done like a diorama where he's basically sculpted using the metal bits and a few other bits, four of the most dynamic sword masters I've ever seen, or five of them, and an Eltharian, Eltharian the Grim, like a redo of Althara and the Blind and uh, it's just it's wonderful it's wonderful work and more recently he's done um, um, the the new Underworlds um, Lumineth warband and altered them a bit and um, I particularly like what he's done with a wizard so he's changed the arms to look like he's using creating a spell and filled that kind of space with a different colour to the rest of the model so it looks like he's generating light in that area and I really love it, really love it Oh my goodness, I've just found the diorama, oh my god, look at that wave thing as well Yeah, yeah that's very nice Yeah, and further down, not to skip all the other amazing work on it, but the reason I am showing it is because of his elves. If you go down to just above where he's done some of the sculpting, or shown the sculpting where he did the swordsman, he's got a a chap, like a Loth and Seaguard um, alternative, mm. done in really dark colours. Mm. What I like about it is it's, it is very grimdark in, in a lot of ways. Um, and it is very dirty in a lot of ways, but they still look like elves. They still look really clean and they still look really sort of elf-like. <laughs> that sounds stupid, but it's, I think it's a really difficult balance to get. It's um, interesting because I was talking to Chris recently. Uh, I think it was, yeah. And uh, about... Lumineth and how you would do them in a grim style. Um, and this guy, I, well, I'm going to send him these pictures. Yeah, I'm going to be trying to replicate this kind of look for the um, 
for my Lumineth. Interestingly, there's a bit, there's a there's a post halfway down where he, he, he sort of shows how he's increased the height of yeah, I saw that. the um, Loth and Seaguard, which is quite interesting. Mm. Bringing the hide back to the elves. <laughs> Very good. So that's him. Really like that. Um, and the last one, just a sort of war of the beard it up, is a, a count called Lutherian 99, um, who's done like some of the best dwarves I've ever seen, frankly. Not to put too fine a point on it. I mean, it's a fantastic account, full of awesome stuff. But the, the thing that stuck out most recently for me it, it is the dwarves. Um, um, and that, that's that's why I'm kind of bringing them up today. He uses a lot of yellow and black together. Um, in fact, it's, it's sort of Stormcaster in that colour too. Hey, these dwarves are so good. Love the unit symbols on the on the stuff. Really cool. Mm. Really cool. And yellow and grey together. It's an interesting combination. I quite like it. But yeah. So that's my four shout outs. Sorry, I'm lost in that one. Totally <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> lost in that one. Did you see the uh, the uh, Go Trek conversion? Yeah, lovely. Holding the pistol. Yeah. That isn't it. Yeah, Ace, really, really good. Love the love the weathered yellow. Very cool. Rob, did you have anyone that you particularly wanted to? Well, I, there was a guy. Um, I thought I'd mention it. There was um, uh, a gentleman um, called Ash McEwen on Twitter. He's at Ash underscore McEwen MC. E-W-A-N. And he's done that. He's painted up um, some mega gargants in like a completely cell shaded style. So like, um, let's say cell shaded, like a cartoon, mm. a flat cartoon style. Like Scanner Darkly. Uh, um, I sent you guys a, a te- yeah, that kind of look. And they just, until you actually, when you look at it, when you look at one, like flat, you know, you just look at a picture one, it just does look 2D, but then he's got a couple of videos um, with them rotating. I just think that it's just a, it's a really interesting take on them. Mm. Um, yeah, I just thought they were really cool. It's a really interesting way of painting, isn't it? It's really yeah. difficult to get your head, you just have to, head around. It's like... Yeah. You have to kind of almost sort of turn, switch off how you'd normally go about painting something mm. and just, I mean, that, that there, that's just, that looks like a picture. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I was just thinking that. But that's actually is, is, you know, it's a model he's painted, which is crazy. Yeah. Really cool. I wonder what it looks like in person. Where do you, I mean, that one there, that, that's the full yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I am such a wally. I know, like, that's just random to come out with. I'm flicking through, no word of a line. I'm going, well, where are these, where are these gargants? Where are these gargants? I'm looking for orc gargants, like the epic gargants, completely missing the fact that you're talking about the <laughs> giant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, 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 I would have yeah. been there for ages. I was going back and back and back. I was like, what's going on here? But, yeah, I get it now. 
<laughs> Dear me. Yeah, that's... Uh, they are nice. I just thought it was... They're really cool. Very nice. Yeah, that's my shout that's out. That's a sort of... Um, it's almost like a new... I haven't seen it before, maybe three or four years ago, that kind of cell, cell shading or like style it's called. It'd be interesting to try it just to because I'm sure there's things that you could learn from that that you could apply to all other aspects of your painting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Almost in the same way as understanding how you do non-metal metallics is understanding how you do everything. If you see yeah. it, get going with that because I think once you once you understand how you make a surface look like a surface and where you put the paint to make that you know, those volumes look like they should do, then you can apply that across all your paints. And I wonder with that, it's the same thing. Once you've understood how you, how you achieve what you, that look, you know, you can, you, you unlock how you do other things too. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously with that type of style, there's very, um, sort of, uh, defined, lines between different completely different would be to blend those areas so if you look at it you know you've got bits on the model that um, you know obviously with it as that cartoony look there isn't any kind of blending between it's like um it's like coloring uh line art for a comic mm. obviously when you see comic coloring it's a very similar type of style um where the you know the differences between the, t- the colours and the placement is quite harsh, and there isn't much. Bl- well, it depends on the stock style, but more often than not, there isn't any blending. So pop, pop but, art, um, isn't it? That's what it's called. Pop art, yeah. Yeah, and Roy Lichtenstein. Uh, uh, and uh, the the key thing that you'd be able to sort of take from that type of style to things like non-metallic metal, and it's the thing that I I struggled with initially, is. Um, placement of where your low lights and your highlights are um you know, there's a lot of non-metallic metal painters out there that will block in like they're you know they're blocking like that cut you know the, the you know, stripe of darkness and then you'd have yeah. you literally have your lines of colors going up so you get the placement right and then you blend yep so it could you know it could help with techniques like that i mean obviously people that are well in advance of Stuff like non-metallic metal, you know, people like Tommy will just oh, that that bit goes there and that bit goes there, and before you know it, he's got a masterpiece in his hand. But you know, for us mere mortals, you know, being able to get you know, you know if you paint something in that style and you get the sh- the shadows in the wrong place or the highlights in the wrong place, it just it just doesn't look right. Yeah, you know? but understanding where you can understanding placement. Lends itself to any kind of style, really. I guess. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I get to talk about the hobby group, uh, two-piece hobby group, and the competition. So we've had our first month now, January, and we started off nice and simple. So we're drawing on the uh, hobby bingo that was in the back of White Dwarf, um, and the first one was just paint any model, really. And we had twenty-six entries, which is, I think, the best one we've we've had so thank you that's really awesome um really appreciate that so we actually had joint joint winners um 
for it. So we had uh, a pretty awesome uh, Night Relictor by Ian Craig. So this guy was done in the, I think it's Celestial Vindicators looking colour scheme, sort of a bluey, purpley colour. Really, hmm. really cool. Um, and a bear, Ben, you'll like it, bear beardy head, um, which was <laughs> good. Captures a nice bit of atmosphere. So I really, really like that. Um, and then also we had um, Rob Davis and his slave Ogren from Necromunda yep. from the new gang. Yeah. Oh my goodness, mate. That just it got me thinking about um was it when we were talking to James and we were talking about like Necromunda and like punk and the crossover yeah. and the cyber cyberpunk stuff and oh it's just really cool. I just really love the colours. Really love the colours. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. yeah absolutely fantastic. Um and if you're not part of the Facebook group by the way, f- for this, we did do um, posts with a picture of all of the entries on Instagram um, and on Twitter. So they're very available. little <laughs> on Instagram. I, I was squeezing them all in um, yeah, to show them awesome. all. But, but uh, there are links on there into the hobby group and um, anybody's welcome. So it's quite cool, quite active, which is nice. Um, and chilled out. And chilled out. Yeah, we try and be chilled out. We try not to get angry and upset about certain things. Um, But uh, so this month, so February, um, as was announced in the last cast, is is a unit of two or more models. So Ben rolled the dice and uh, and it is fated that units of two or more models shall be painted this month. So uh, again, anything, anything you like. I went and found some pictures of some fire-breathing troll bloods from the Hordes game, just to show that we do, we will accept non-games workshop things without going around people's houses with a two-handed sword and laying into them. So uh, I just want uh, to and they show don't, an open feeling. They don't have to be game legal units. What kind of rule is that? What? So you? So so really, it's not a unit of two or more models. It's just any two models. Or yeah, more. if you want to. Yeah. All right then. Okay. What? Well, let's just go really out there. Just bake a cake. All right. Okay. Not no good. There are no rules, but you know. Just... Do, do it like that then. Okay. Say, say it's a game. It has to be game legal. <laughs> I'm quite what up for a cake. I'm not going to lie. We're going to do that. That's going to be, we're going to have a cake month, I think. We have to have a cake month. Yeah, we do now. We do now. Get Clint involved. Yes. We, 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 I don't know if you, had the pleasure of listening to the episodes rob where we were talking we did like a dessert review um alongside right. um heralds of war podcast <laughs> it just got, it got a bit strange but it, it it concluded with uh clint sent us a bunch tim tams that's what got it started wasn't it it was tim tams he bought a load of tim tams over and then i sent him a box of 24 tunnocks tea cakes which was quite expensive to ship oh. to Australia, actually. But hey-ho. Anyway, that's gone very tangent. So, yeah, unit of two models or a cake. Um, and the closing date is the 28th of February. I have put an announcement post and pinned it at the top. Um, it's still January, you see, so I'm quite engaged. Uh, by 
probably March, April. Ben will be reminding me. Uh, and by certainly by August, he'll be doing it. Um, so, but right now, I have pinned an announcement post to the top of the page. So that's where you can go and post up your entries or your work in progresses and all the rest of it uh, on there. Oh, aces. Now, when any any news at all on when Pro Painted podcast might reappear, dude? How is how is he getting on with his stuff? I know we were talking about it. Um, yeah, so we, we are looking. Um, there was a, a little bit of a, a rumbling about getting back on track. I know um, Ian's uh, become a new dad recently, so again, his sort of schedules are as, uh, a bit hit and miss. Um, <laughs> and obviously, uh, Matt's sort of getting back on his feet after what happened, but um, yeah, I think we, we, we're looking at perhaps moving to Discord okay. rather than just uh, uh, iTunes and um, doing it that way to so perhaps have some more video content as well. Obviously, with it being a, a mainly a hobby kind of podcast, it does lend itself to perhaps having a bit more of visual visual content as well. It's just us rambling on for a couple of hours. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, we're... We, I think he's looking into that. So maybe see us back in the next month or so, maybe. Oh, good. In the new format. So yeah, keep keep an eye out. Awesome. That'd be good. I, I You've got to keep the same theme music though, whatever you do, somehow. You've got to mix it in there. <laughs> I, got into gun, I, I yeah. got into Gunship on the back of your podcast. And it, <laughs> yeah, so did I actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my son's favourite band uh, now, actually. So, yeah, he absolutely flipping loves Gunship. Yeah. Yeah, they're very cool. They are cool. Did you, cool. Does Matt know them or something? No, no. Yeah, he, uh, he, uh, just just something that he. I mean, he's very much into his kind of synth wave and that kind of that kind of sound. So yeah, it's uh, it was just something that we kind of latched onto. So yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. Good stuff. Oh, um, as usual at the end of the community section, shout out to all the stores. Um, please, guys, you know, I say every time, but if there is a particular store that you would like to game in again when it, when lockdown goes away um, or used to game in, please support it. Um, so, you know, the likes of your curtain games, a um, lot of business is done by the events and obviously they can't do those right now. So, um really important to try and support those those guys um with your or, or any of your local with your money stores. well yeah any any yeah. not yeah and, but the point As being the ones that you can go to and um and play games etc so because not to put too fine a point on it if you don't support them they ain't gonna be there when we get back nope absolutely okay um i think all that remains is to go into the wild places we all work out how whether or not we'll get sued through our noses for using the Star Wars theme tune somewhere in the next section because it's going to come up enough, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sat on a death on a star star destroyer. And I can see now. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> okay, right, guys, we into are going the into the wilds.
Hi guys, and welcome to Into the Worlds, where we're almost certainly going to talk about Star Wars. Because I cut down off earlier. So should we I talk don't about... even know what Star Wars is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did cover quite a bit of what I wanted to say in uh in 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 the hobby desk. But essentially, um, despite my absolute guarantee that I wasn't going to collect this game because I don't need another game in in a sci-fi universe. I am now collecting this game. Um, so Star Wars Legion, Fantasy Flight Games, moving over into to be sort of governed by Atomic Mass Games, which is Asmodee, Asmodee's sort of miniatures arm, as it were, um, that currently deals with the Marvel game. Um, so they're going to add in, add in on that. So, um, and at the moment, uh, essentially what's going on, Chris has got the starter set, the core set, and then I'm buying units that are not in that set, but for both sides, uh, so that when eventually lockdown lifts, we'll have some interesting forces to, to play with. Um, but if I get, if I get these two units done, that I'm working on, so I've got some death troopers, which look ace. I really like them. Um, and some commandos. So if I get those done, then next month I want to buy one each of the support weapons to go with the dudes I mentioned I printed out. And if I get all that done, I probably buy my own starter set then. Um, because it's a really good way to get a load of models. But the, the game I was saying before you cut me off uh, ages ago, that uh, it's all sort of centres... Uh, the squad stuff is around the squad leader so like all the movement and whether you're affected by the movement and what cover you get etc you, you do it all by the the squad leader and then the, the other guys just move around in coherency with him um which is quite cool uh quite cool the way of doing it as usual with fantasy flight 357 million different cards of all different shapes and sizes um boxes and boxes of counters but i I do love a good sort of counters. This is my, uh, you wouldn't be able to see this, obviously, but you guys will. I've got oh, I've got this bloody background on, so you can't see it. Hang on a minute. I've basically got a box that, um, an organizey box. There we go. Let's turn that off. Just because, obviously, you've got to see my box of counters. Box of counters for, um, oh, nice. that's, for, that's for Armada, Star Wars Armada, the ship game. Um, I had the similar, I had two boxes of them for X-Wing, but I, I got rid of that stuff because I just wasn't using it. Um, wish I hadn't now, but then I'll just have a wry smile about that. Oh, hey. look, <laughs> X-Wing stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I've never played it, and I bought a load of the stuff, and I want to get rid of it. So if you know anyone into, into X-Wing, then let me know. Dan? I can see where this is going. I just told mine. I didn't just say that. I saw it ages ago. Um, I'm also collecting, if you look behind me up here, uh, I've got a Millennium Falcon in Lego and a TIE Fighter. And in the middle is an X-Wing now, which actually I'm going to have to put a video on, on the, the podcast somewhere. You, Ben, you can do it. You can sort it. Hang on. I can't get my headphones. Hang on. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just... Right. Hang on. i got to go and get it. What's that now? 
It's the Millennium Falcon. X-Wing Millennium Falcon. What, in the box? Yeah. Yeah. It's a B-Wings and A-Wings and TIE Interceptors and God knows what else. Watch this. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, Harriet went out the other day with Hannah to take her for a walk so the boys could do Lego because we were just finishing off building this. And she came home and Joshua had this and was running around the house. And I had the tie fighter and was chasing him going, pew, 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 <laughs> just running around the house. I was like, yeah, this is why you have children because it was awesome. That's awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't, obviously, I haven't played the game yet. Um, the miniatures aren't as crisp as the sort of stuff you get from Games Workshop. Still quite pricey, to be fair. Um, you know, it's premium stuff, fantasy flight stuff. The card stock's really, really good quality, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it does come, and obviously it's got the name, the Star Wars name. So they could, it isn't it isn't cheap. Uh, I think these commandos were, were they about 20 quid, 22 pounds? So there's seven of them. Um, interesting, different type of plastic, um, but they come... I think there are a couple. I think Chris has got one or two that come on a sprue, like traditional. But these don't. They just come in a little bag um, in bits, and you just slot them all together, um, clean them up and slot them all together. So did, did they have mould lines? Yes. Okay. They did have mould lines. They've been moulded. They've not been printed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the mould lines. Not too bad. Chris had some awful mould lines on his, but uh, mine weren't too bad. So, yeah. Just enjoy, enjoying that for now as a, another thing to be doing. Like I said earlier, it's just quite interesting because it's not not corn. <laughs> so it's doing something different. Yeah, it, it is. And it's always nice to to paint something that... I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about right at the start of this episode about inspiration. And, you know, for a lot of people, they paint models to play games. Um, for a lot of people, they paint models just because a single model has captured their imagination but it is really cool to to be able to paint models inspired by a TV show, something that you've actually seen. Um, yeah, it's a bit like Lord of the Rings, really, and it's a bit like it's yeah. a bit like why I can't wait until we start seeing some real proper forty k stuff because yes. you can you just go and get excited and then like well, it's like I said earlier, the theme song comes on and you just start buying up legion stuff <laughs> that's that's I mean, gonna you, be... you... sorry go on go on go. i was good just quickly gonna say that's gonna be what games workshop needs to do is develop a really catchy theme tune <laughs> yeah just trying to think grim 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was, have you bought have you I mean, with with that, do you think? Because I mean, it was with you know with the X Wing stuff. I think I was going through a bit of a. Sometimes you just go you know, go through these sort of couple of month lulls where you don't really want to. You perhaps so in deep with the project that you know I go I I certainly I don't know if you're the same, but you know I'll go through like maybe a month or two of a lull where I don't really want to do any hobby that you know and I, kind of a bit of a palate cleanser, perhaps looking at other things. Um, 
obviously stuff like Star Wars has, has got a, a rich history to it. And, you know, um, and, you know, there are other things, you know, the, the, the Marvel Crisis Protocol game as well. And there's, you know, there's other sort of, there's like the Batman stuff as well and all that other kind of thing. What do you think stops those properties with, you know, with, with, with just as a, a, a you know, a, a, as big a, or as sort of diverse sort of history and lore to them? What do you think stops them from perhaps being the same scale as something, you know, getting to as big as something like Warhammer or, Sigma. I think it's I think it's the pedigree of the people that are involved in it and and what people yeah. get into those things for. So it, it was, there's some fantastic miniatures creators out there that aren't Games Workshop. Um, yeah. But at the same time, Game Games Workshop has has got that pedigree. It's got it's got 50 years almost now, hasn't it? Perhaps. Mm. 1980 something so well it's as old as me yes yeah, so 37 30, 38 years of of background and imagery that is their own and has had some of the best miniature sculptors in the world working on their stuff and it's it's had evolutions and iterations and it, it, i think the reason why it is popular is because it's slightly different from all those other things but draws on all those other things like like june like aliens like Star Wars to a degree, yeah. you know, it, it all gets pulled in, um, and bit bits of it used to create to create those worlds. And I think, um, what why are they, why have people like Star Wars and that not done miniatures games? I think the answer is really simply that um, miniature gaming has not is not a, is now more popular than it ever has been, and we're almost forget that sometimes just how popular 40k is i mean games workshop was the best performing company in britain for the last year i think maybe two years um which is incredible you know by some metrics there's plenty of different metrics but by some metrics it's been the best performing company and we're in a kind of period of time where miniature gaming is is becoming more accessible more less clicky more open to so many different people that um you probably will eventually see games for all of those things but my view is that they owe it to games workshop you know if those games ever became a real thing yeah. things like things like star wars um legions that is as far as i'm concerned owes it owes what it has got the, the sort of success it's having straight out the back door um, and the, in many ways to Games Workshop because they're kind of the granddaddy of, of sci-fi and fantasy miniature games. But, and that's, that's a personal opinion and plenty of people will probably have different views on it, but it, they're the ones with a shop uh, on every, in every city, practically, in Britain. Um, and they've been sort of slowly but surely building up that, that fan base. And now we're passing it down to our kids and our kids will... You know, pick up the torch and we've never been in a better better kind of world to spread that to spread the the sort of excitement about it when i was a kid having access to miniature painting tutorials like we have now would have been a dream mm. you know even the, just sort of the really basic stuff that games workshop comes out on how to do 
their models in a really simple way from that up to like the the damn near 12 hour you know how to paint ragnar blackmane that will Ricks has just finished is you know they're all they're all there they're right at our fingertips and you go on instagram and it's right there um it, we're in i think we're so lucky as war gamers now we are so lucky there's so so much yeah out there to help help us do the hobby and so many options that it almost becomes like god there's too many options <laughs> yeah, yeah there yeah. was a period of time where you could do it all almost do it all but now you have to accept that you're not going to do it all and i think it's entirely built off the back of you know that that pedigree and uh, you know, we all hope that we're going to see our favorite films turn up as games but at the moment the idea of having a june miniatures war game would be fantastic but that's because i'm listening to june at the moment so you know it's there yeah, yeah, yeah. But I went absolutely well, I mean, nuts for the Alien versus Predator models. Bought the whole, practically the whole bloody lot because Aliens is one of my favourite films ever. So I think they. I think. Yeah. I think what probably the biggest factor for me, uh, or I think because they've got the five hundred stores, mm. Games Workshop opens people's eyes to the world of miniature gaming, and then and. And even more so now, because obviously you see it through lots of different media. So it's almost like Games Workshop creates, finds the hobby gene that they used to call it, or creates the miniature gamers. So the reason, Ben, that you're excited about a Dune miniatures game is because you are a miniature gamer. You play oh, yeah, miniature yeah, games yeah, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. they and you want one from Dune. It's not because you're interested in Dune and you think, oh, it would be cool to have little models of these and run around on the table and roll dice with them um so i think like it's almost like games workshop is it's a miniatures game and miniatures ip which has now got loads of other stuff coming with it whereas like star wars is the star wars ip which is science fiction story and one of its little things is that it's got a miniatures game i guess yeah um yeah because i must admit like it's interesting because when i don't know if you remember um spartan games in shepton mallet um so they were they did a number of different games and they got the halo franchise to create a miniatures game at first it was fleet battles and then they did like 15 mil ground battles um but and i and i remember when i read that i thought wow that's a massive deal for them that's going to make them a fortune they're going to be huge because they've loads of people love halo and they're all going to want these miniatures well the company's gone <laughs> it's gone now because yeah. it didn't do that um uh, and i guess like i say i think that's because you know what games workshop does is 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 open people's eyes to miniature gaming um and and you can't you won't just automatically make that leap just because you like halo doesn't mean you're suddenly gonna wake up one morning and think oh i wonder if there's tiny little models of these whereas if you yeah. walk down the street and see a games workshop with a bloody great space marine in the window and you might think oh he looks cool he's like the guy in halo i'll go in here yeah interesting yeah, to see I what happens it's, it's, it's... moving forward like as the high streets sort of suffer and there's less people out there well i mean i i know I, I know i know loads I know loads of game, you know, people that have played the, like, um, you know, like Total War or the Space Marine game. 
that, that have no interest in miniature painting and because it's just not their thing, you know, and mm. I think that's probably, you know, partly to do with it. Plus, I mean, you know, the other thing, you know, and it's certainly true for myself, and uh, then, you know, it probably resonates with other people is that I've only got a finite amount of spare time to do this hobby. Yeah. And, you know, like I'd, I, you know, a, it's, it's, it's added expense, but it's also my time. And, you know, I, I barely get my Warhammer projects finished, if at all, um, let alone, you know, picking something else up and, you know, sort of giving my time over to that. You know, it's, it's all well and good, you know, like, you know, with Dan and, um, you know, having your, your Lego Millennium Falcon or whatever, I've got a couple of, like, quite high-end um, Transformers that I, I just display. Um, but, you know, you just buy them because they're yeah. cool. Yeah. You, you take them out of the box and you put them on a shelf. Do you know what I mean? You, there's no... You don't have to invest... You know, they're cool to look at, but you don't have to invest any time building them and, and whatnot. It's why... Um, you know, well, I know we're in the wilds, but uh, it's what I mean. It's something I was going to mention. It was sort of linking back to that sort of paint style for that gargant we looked at earlier. But one thing that I know would be a massive rabbit hole for me that I probably never come back out of is uh, Gundam modeling. Um, and you know, building and because obviously you can the kits come and you can build them. You don't have to paint them, um, but then you start looking. You, know, you go down the, the odd rabbit hole of YouTube videos and showing you how to paint and weather them and make them look as, as cool as you. You know, that's that's a whole other world. You know, and there's a couple of guys in in my hobby group that we've always said that we just stay away from that stuff because if we ever got <laughs> if that ever got its its hooks into us, we'd be done for because that's just another you know it's just a whole other time expenditure thing not so much you know not being able to afford it or whatever it's it's time more than anything you know i think it's also worth like remembering that for you know we think of star wars as a as a famous uh and a massive science fiction ip and lord of the rings big fancy ip but actually for sheer written content and background and depth 40k and fantasy just huge massive really fantastic universes you know they aren't just a bolt-on to to help the game now they are they are in of themselves just incredible um with loads of depth and interest and you know there's there must be i would imagine then there's got to be more written about 40k than than anything science fiction it's massive thousands of books you know (laughs) yeah yeah, 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 you're right. So, so actually, you know, if, if you went to Star Wars, I mean, the reason I'm collecting the Star Wars is as much as I'm interested by the gaming, like how it works as a game, because I like miniature games, I'm collecting because there's a film and I remember the film and I love the film. It's just, it's not because I, I want to, um, you know, I feel like I'm missing something from my 40K sci-fi because that's got everything in it yeah even jedis yeah after watching mandalorian my my view on whether a space marine could take down a jedi is completely changed because if uh if they're whatever the metal is called that they're made out of can stop a uh, a lightsaber 
then there's going to be something in it. Best score. Best score. Yeah, there's going to be some something about Ceramite, the holy Ceramite that'll stop. Oh it. yeah. And as soon as a lightsaber just clangs off of a suit of power armor, the game is over. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can't, yeah. and if they keep dodging out of the way of the bolter shells, they're just going to get a flamethrower out. So, so yeah. <laughs> dodge this. <laughs> if that doesn't work, rocket launcher. <laughs> and if that doesn't work. You know, Titan. <laughs> right. Well, that was a good wit. That was a good wilds, actually. We had like well, some actual things to talk about. I do have one more thing to talk about, which is Tinker Turf, which is a a a, um, a well, it's a company from from Tinker House. But Tinker Turf have uh, have done pre-painted modular scenery. Uh, it was as part of it, and they've just released a um, and funded their next sci-fi stuff, which is really cool. Um, what I like about it is it comes in kind of brand new and shiny painted, and sort of dirty and scabby painted, which I really like. So, if you want to go for, for um, a more kind of clean look, it's, it's um, you've got both options. But there's things like like a communications tower, um, fortress walls trains i really like i think the thing that caught my eye was the sort of um the setup it did with um with a kind of um shipping crate sort of depot thing with the big sort of crane structure with loads of shipping crates and things to move it around um and i think the structure with the shipping crates really added the kind of a sort of sense of scale to the to the setup that um that just buying sort of the crane and the shipping crates that you get for the Munitorum board for 40k just doesn't didn't have um so what, I think what we, is what is special about what's it made out of i don't know actually but it's 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 basically come straight out of the box dude and that's what i like about it that's the mm. bottom line about what i like about it because so many times i buy scenery and think oh i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that i'm going to build this and i love building scenery but at the same time, there's always that little, like, I have a real soft spot for scenery that you just buy uh, and you get it out of the box and stick it together and do it. And it's painted. I think it's um, pre-cut board, mm. but it doesn't look like, it doesn't look like board, which is what's really cool about it. It looks, it looks really nice as a table. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm very, big soft spot for something that you can just assemble and it's done yeah yeah absolutely so uh, worth worth having a look at tinker turf we'll obviously put links on the on the episode release post cool well i think that kind of brings us to a close really doesn't it i think it does was that you washing your brush out yeah you've been painting no i literally just picked up a brush then when you were talking because i was kind of not interested yeah thanks man love you too (laughs) (laughs) right so our our relationship is built on truth (laughs) we uh we've we're on all the social medias of uh at the two piece podcast on twitter instagram and facebook and um at uh, pro painted if you want to hear more of Rob and um, the pro painted guys, um, they're on all three too. 
at Pro Painted or Pro Painted Studios, is it? Or Pro Painted Podcasts? Either Pro one. Painted Podcasts, I think, either one. And I'm, at, I'm at Rob, El- Rob Ellis 21. I'm at, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you don't catch any of that, we'll put all that on the re- on the release post too. So it's been lovely to have you guys on. Um, really nice to hang out with you, Rob. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, you're very welcome, mate. It's been ace. It's been yeah. ace. And I'm looking forward to seeing this Exodite army. In 2050. <laughs> when there's a plastic one. Yeah. More importantly, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, development of your cake decorating skills. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were going to say looking, what I'm keen looking, to see. looking forward to Games Workshop's Exodite release in about three months. Yeah. No, it will be exactly two months after you finish your collection. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you very much. No, awesome. Thank you.